But yeah, Nate, hey, what's up? Welcome to a, well, I'm going to say a pretty chill, heavily spoilery episode of Space Time Taco. Um, very, 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 very light on anything other than two spoiler-heavy <laughs> sections. Because um, we only got one news, only one news thing. Um we got a news. A news. And it's some fan-fucking-tastic news. But before that, hey, what's up? I'm Chris, a.k.a. Time Librito. And I am Nate, a.k.a. Little T-Bot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Animations happen right now, I promise. Well, they just happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we are on a Monday. On a Monday, yeah. yesterday. <sighs> Technical difficulties. Frustration. We probably could have done it, but... I I hit points where I I don't want to deal with things right away. It's like video games. If I hit a point in a video game that I am really bad at it, I'll step away. I come back, and guess what? I do it first time. Um, <laughs> seriously, man, the amount of times you know a game I I probably did that the most with um, it's fucking uh, Super Meat Boy. I get I get in with like 500 deaths on a level like level and I'm like nope I gotta step away for a moment. I just can't. I, I don't have that level of perseverance in me when it comes to games. This is why I can't play shit. Like as much as I want to try, like Elden Ring or Souls games, I just can't fucking do it. I know that I'll stop. <laughs> I'll admit I do not like Souls games for the most part, um, but that's also because part of that live die repeat aspect is so much more work um mm -hmm. in a game like super meat boy or uh, celeste obviously one of my favorite games of the last couple of years um those are very much level by level live die repeat yeah. so fast so quick uh even on bosses even on the longer bosses you're like okay you just you miss a step and you get back through it remember everything you go through it over and over again and you just beat it so much faster um even uh Dead Cells. Dead Cells is, while it is a lot more of a retracing of steps when you do die, it it doesn't seem as punishing. Um, mm. Elden Ring, though, I am... Uh, there's part of me. Uh, part of me that wants to try it. I want to give it a shot. Because um, it is really there, does... Oh. It, it has a lot more gameplay or gaming... Um, things that i like i guess i don't know mm -hmm. Plus well, that's horse thing yeah well it's got that semi open world exploration stuff that's akin to things like breath of the wild it's um, and that's the thing it's there's so much that you can just skip over if yeah. you just play it straight story um yeah, so. i would very much like to try it and i probably will if they do something like a free weekend or something like that then i'll probably try it out or if it ends up on game pass yeah i'm not willing to spend money on it right now because i know that i'll pick it up i'll play it for like an hour or two i'll get raffle stomped and i'll just quit the game <laughs> exactly same here um yeah i i it, i've seen so much I, between the lore that i've seen people talking about in just the game itself i'm like i would love to but not not gonna buy a sixty because I can't even. Uh, unlike you, because you still have a a disc based uh, Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even do the uh, mm -hmm. buy a pre owned and return it because I no, no disc. It's just yeah, flat front, flat front with a button. Um, 
only physical media I can buy anymore is Nintendo games. Well, I mean, I have it because some of the physical media I have is backwards compatible, so things like... Yeah. I have, like, an OG copy of Fusion Frenzy still, which is on Game Pass. That seems <laughs> weird. <laughs> the thing is, Fusion Frenzy... I have, a fond, I have many fond memories of playing Fusion Frenzy. It is one of the best party games out there that nobody ever fucking played, so... <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I'll bring it over. Maybe I'll bring my Xbox and a copy over for extra life. Okay. Well, no, Fusion Frenzy is backwards compatible or uh, free. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even need to bring it. Yeah. I'll make sure I install that. <laughs> uh, thank you for for us mentioning Game Passy things, though. I remember that they just added. Um, I can't remember when they added, but they added Loot River, which was a game that I remember seeing and I was interested in. Um, Actually, there's Citizen Sleeper, too. Man, there are so many... There's a lot of stuff on there that I've wanted to play I haven't played yet. You've got 12 Minutes on there. You've got Trek to Yomi is on there. Yomi, Trek Yomi. to Yomi is on there now. Um, yeah, and I've so, heard I've heard good things. Also, I mean, it's a Devolver game. We've talked about that. They're like... Yeah. They're our favorite. <laughs> Devolver don't miss, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. But yeah, what, what, we'll hold off. We'll put the news in between what we've been playing lately. What, what have you been up to? I see you are not playing uh, anything recent. <laughs> no. So what I did is I went back and stuff. Since, you know, Star Wars Day kicked off May the 4th, there was a big Star Wars-related sale across pretty much every platform. Um, Xbox had one with a lot of the Star Wars EA games that are out and previous games from LucasArts. And one of them happened to be what is now called Star Wars Racer. It's not Pod Racer anymore. It's Star Wars Racer. It's a remaster of the original Pod Racer. The game we all used to re- play in, in Sears? Was it Sears? Yeah. <laughs> I, I use the term very loosely when I say remaster because this game is the OG graphics. It's just scaled up to 1080p. <laughs> okay. So definitely got like PS2 era vibes while I was playing this, but... I mean, it's still what it is. It's still the OG game. There's no real changes to it. That being said, it is childishly easy. Really? Now that I'm playing it as... When I say childishly easy, you have to deliberately try to lose a race in this thing. (laughs) So the way the races are set up is you can set stakes for the races as you take them. So you have, like, Novice, which gives you... Which splits... The credits are in this game, Truggets, because that's what Tatooine uses <laughs> um, evenly between like first, second, third, and fourth. And then you have Fair, which gives a little bit more to first place, a little bit more to second, and takes some from third and fourth. And you just have Winner Takes All, which gives you the full pot to first place. Okay. After the first two races, I just started doing Winner Takes All every single time. <laughs> because I beat those two first races, and I'm not joking, a minute ahead of the second place. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like, the AI is just so incredibly slow. They do nothing to actually try to win and beat you. And I don't understand where they, like, put the difficulty level at in this game, because there's no difficulty slider I've checked. Mm -hmm. It's just that easy to do. That being said, for anybody who's an achievement hunter out there, like our buddy Dave, you can get 1,000 points in this game really fucking quick. You win every race in first place. There's, like, 10 races in each championship, and then an invitational with four races. So it's like 34 races, maybe. You buy all the best parts for your pod racer. You 
do like a couple things with Anakin, you do like one thing or two things with Sebulba, and you're done. Sebulba. That's the entire achievement list. Other than that, most of the achievements are unlocking races, which you just naturally get as you beat the races in the game. So there's almost nothing to do in this that you can't... You, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get 1,000 points in this. I got it. I say in two days on our podcast notes because that's how long it took me to beat the game. Yeah. Because I was playing it during the week. But if you had like a weekend or even just one full day. day of the weekend to yourself, you could probably finish the entire thing okay. without trying. Um, other than that, I picked up the Force Unleashed, which I still owned and forgot I owned. I also have Force Unleashed 2. And I'm sorry to say, I know people are fans of this game. But the Force Unleashed is a fucking boring ass game. <laughs> oh yeah, I I never got into them. Um, the idea behind it was cool, but it was just something that I I never understood the the love that it received. It is just it's the same shit every level. It is just walking through hallways, walking through open spaces, fighting a couple generic enemy types, and just repeating that over and over again. You do unlock new abilities and stuff as you go on, but. None of it is interesting or fun. The cutscenes are bland. <laughs> it's just... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't understand the appeal of it. I keep trying to go back and play it. And then every time I play it, I pick it up for like 15 minutes and put it right the fuck back down and go to playing something else. Let's see. How old is that game? That game came out... Who? it is 14 years old. Yeah. No, 2008. Uh, when did... Because I know, I think it's the second one. Like, the first one people enjoyed. I think the second one is the one that people always gush over. Um, yeah. Well, the second one is a little bit more, I guess, polished than the first one was. Yeah. Um, well, it's always funny, because even back in that day, I remember, and we I think we've talked about it before, about 360 pushing, pushing the limits of the 360, where you start mm -hmm. off with... Uh, Halo 3, right? Halo 3 was 360, correct? Yes. Yeah. And by the end of its life cycle, we had Halo uh, 4, and Halo mm -hmm. 4 leaps and bounds graphically oh, yeah. is incredible compared to that first game. Or to well, it was Halo 3 out of water. Yeah. Um, maybe not when it comes to story, whatever. No. I enjoyed the shit out of that game. I enjoy any game that they decide, hey, you know what? You should always be able to sprint. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it, so it's you know understandable that you go from 2008 to... What, let's see, when did Force Awakens 2? Force Awakens 2. Motherfucker, why don't you just have that in the top section of information on this game? <laughs> Uh, oh, two years later. Mm -hmm. Not much time, but closer to the end of the fucking 360s life yeah, cycle. 2010. Yeah, I guess I'm comparing it to a game like Jedi Fallen Order, which of course is more yeah. recent. I mean, but that that game, at, as a non-Souls fan, that game mm -hmm. visually, in gameplay from everything I've seen, is incredible. Um, well, I, I just don't gameplay, like it. The mechanics itself are what are worth it. I mean you get you just have to think alone like even base level mechanics the way you fight in the game and the way you level up in the game genuinely makes you more powerful as the game goes on and i mean one of the most basic things eventually earning three different lightsaber styles in that game so you start with a single saber then you get a double bladed saber 
and then you get dual sabers, and they all do different things in the game. So that alone makes it worth it. And then just level design. Metroidvania-style level design. Sparse but challenging enemies everywhere that you have to fight in different ways as opposed to Force Awakens where, I mean, most enemies have like maybe a gimmick to them. And that's all you get. <laughs> it's, oh, you can't use the same force ability on this person. You have to hit them and then use the force ability. Yeah. It's it's just, it's not, I don't know. To me, it's not fun. I well, might I mean, try something it, unique it, like Jedi Academy or Jedi Knight, since that's just a laser light show on your screen most of the time. <laughs> I was going to say, it's it's hard to, to put older Star Wars games up against like the greatest ones that exist, like Lego Star Wars. Um <laughs> Yeah, but Jedi Academy came out in 2003, and all you do in that game is literally just dance with a lightsaber most of the time. <laughs> it's got the wackiest control scheme and the wackiest lightsaber fighting in pretty much any Star Wars game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the last Star Wars game I actually full-on spent time in. I'm going it was a Lego game. No, even that, because I haven't picked up the new one. Like I said, I'm I'm still working on Backlog, um, which is all mm-hmm. I played recently, actually. Uh, I did play a couple of, um, or at least picked up, played one. Um, I'm lying, I played two. One I played and immediately was like, no, this is not for me. Um, but I've been playing <laughs> some more Game Pass games. Uh, one of which I 1,000-pointed in one sitting. And by 1,000-pointing in one sitting, I mean like 30 minutes max. Um, there is a game, I keep forgetting what it's called, I think it's Townscaper? Townscaper. Townscaper, really cool, like, just straight up visually entertaining game where you can, you basically are building an island, um, like an island town. You get a completely blank slate of nothing but water, and every time you click on a, a spot on the the uh the world it builds up a level so you start with just like a single townhouse and then you can go up higher um and depending on the shapes yeah depending on the shapes that you make in the town it'll change the design of the the layout and the buildings uh and it really is like hey the achievement for this game the achievements for this game are to make all of the different like hidden buildings um one of which is literally you can make towns that are floating islands where they actually are floating with like propellers holding them up um <laughs> but no it really is super super easy when it comes to achievements but it, it's just relaxing kind of game um, you built columbia from bioshock infinite <laughs> yeah less racist though less racist um god damn i saw a, i just saw a clip clip on tiktok uh of a guy basically going around it's like there seems to be a lot of white people here uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, ooh, wait until you get a little bit further. Um, man, I'm just thinking about that game now. And it's one, that's one of those games where I'm like, I love that game. But it is. It has some issues. It has <laughs> a lot of issues. It's, the thing is, that I even compare it to, and this is going to sound weird like at first glance, because nobody that I talk to knows as much about this as I do. I can honestly compare that game to 40K lore. Because it is what they call grimdark, which basically nobody gets to be the good guy. <laughs> True, like, yeah. Everyone's fucking evil. Like you first meet up with like you're playing Bioshock Infinite, and they're obviously leading you in a certain direction with the narrative until you get to the moment where like 
you go back in time again, or even forward in time, and the Vox Populi have taken over, and the leader of this, like, supposedly revolutionary group is ready to murder a fucking child in front yeah. of you. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done it so many other ways without leading it into um, poorly handling racism. Um... <laughs> I just think they wanted... They wanted it to be that sort of grim, dark thing, and yes, yeah. they did kind of fudge it. Because <laughs> in that's so, in that is a game that uh, I was able to before because I, I didn't get to play it right at launch. When I got around to it, I avoided everything. I was able to completely go in, not knowing anything. Um, so the moment there were certain things that hinted, the moment you started getting hints of what was going on with your character in the character you're saving or your partner throughout the game, um, I am, my mind immediately was like, holy fuck, this is 1,000% <laughs> my my kind of game. Because, like, yeah. I, first, board, uh, first Bioshock game, I really enjoyed it, never finished it. I watched my brother play through it all, um, so I knew everything that ends up happening, and knew twists and all that kind of stuff. Um, never touched the second one. But then this one came out, and I'm like, oh, this looks really interesting. And I'm like, oh, this is my favorite Bioshock game. Um, and it really is like, this is my fi favorite Bioshock game, but I understand that there is a lot wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at it from the weird timeline, time travel, cyc cyclical bullshit, fucking amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Again, <laughs> ignoring the bad shit. <laughs> Right. I mean, it is what it is, and I don't expect... I, I think video games in general have a hard time still dealing with heavy social topics, because, I mean... They're be, well, trying to be well, told by white people, most yeah, of the well, time. Well, I mean, this ties into the one piece of news you have listed today, is you have to deal with a very angry subset of your audience, so... we Sorry, I, I say we... Mm -hmm. I personally, it's well known, if you can't even tell from my uh, screen name or gamer tag, am a huge Doctor Who fan, have been my entire life. Um, I hate the Doctor Who fandom. <laughs> um, <laughs> on all levels. Not even, you know, I like on some people. Levels. Yeah, it's just straight across. Man, their fucking fandoms are horrible. You're, you're not one of those super Hulak people? No, although I do love all three of those shows, one less than the other three, um, or the other two. Can you do you know which of the three? Which do you think is my least favorite? Sherlock. Yep, exactly. Sherlock peaked Sherlock in season was a two. Bad show. No, first two seasons were really were really entertaining. And first then the, seasons, second yeah. season. No, no, no. Second season's good too because that's that's oh. where the the fall of whatever I want to say Rickenbacker. I'm like that's a the base or something <laughs> um but no the the first six episodes because they're only three episode seasons are fantastic anything beyond that i'm like i'm good i don't need this um go go make dr strange um, <laughs> uh but yeah dr who fantastic we just had um with the previous reincarnation reincarnation nope regeneration um had the first ever female doctor um, with Jodie Whittaker, and mm -hmm. I've absolutely loved her. I just feel it sucks because she definitely did not get the writing that I think she deserved. Um, 
And I don't fully blame the showrunner for that because of the fact that the showrunner was given the job that he didn't want. He didn't want to be the fucking showrunner. Um, mm. But now her tenure is coming to an end, and so is the showrunner. And we're getting Russell T. Davies back, who is the one that brought back Doctor Who to begin with. So on top of that, we have the first Black Doctor. Still a guy. Still not Ginger. <laughs> um... <laughs> But Shudi Gatwa from uh, sex sex education almost called it sex criminals. I'm like, nope, that's a comic. Um, also, also really good. No, it's really it's really good. I, I highly recommend it as long as you are of a mature age. Um, but no, uh, one of the main characters from uh, sex education still almost said it again uh, has been cast as the Doctor in Doctor Who, uh, and I am super fucking excited. Um, the <laughs> I don't know if you just heard Kim. She's also excited. Yeah, um, yeah we who I woke up like we slept in because you know we're just tired. It was a long night. Um, woke up, got we went to take a shit, pulled out my phone, looked on the news, saw tweets about oh this happened. I'm like oh, fuck whatever because once a doctor is announced that they're leaving you you just get endless tweets of this is who's going to be the doctor i'm like nobody's gonna it's not true unless bbc tweets it out and fucking bbc tweeted it out and i'm like oh, Kim. <laughs> 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 oh so yeah that incredible news and like we mentioned uh fandoms are horrible um you, we got, I'm pretty sure, hashtag not my doctor started tweeting again like it did when Jody was announced. Um, but no, I, I am very excited because uh, this is this is going to be, uh, people have been jokingly calling it a soft reboot of the series to begin with because of bringing Russell T. Davies back. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually BBC is no longer producing it. Um, Davies' production company, I believe, is now uh, doing it. Um, which is an interesting thing to begin with, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, we will most likely see him take over at the end of uh, Jody's last episode in August. August? Autumn. I keep wanting to say Sorry. August. Here's the funny thing about the not my doctor hashtag right now. Oh, it's, God. It's basically been hijacked. Mm. <laughs> so... I mean, a lot of people, I mean, the first tweet that came up when I looked up hashtag not my doctor is OMG, the woke brigade have struck again. How dare they make this immortal alien time travel with two hearts, have a greater amount of melon in his skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I just, because the top one that came up for me, is, is it me or the hashtag not my doctor brigade? Unusually quiet. <laughs> Someone tweeted, sorry, I'm not prejudiced, but this is wokeness gone mad. As long as I can remember, the doctor has been a white woman. <laughs> Why do the BBC lefties have to change everything? <laughs> uh, my favorite, so, and I'm sure you know about this. There's this, um, not theory, conspiracy theory, I guess, kind of, um, <laughs> where there have been, like, there's supposedly a history of, uh, ginger characters being recast or cast as black characters in movies and television um mm -hmm. and somebody i saw i think it was on tiktok or youtube made a whole post about uh how people always talk about that and then the news came out about 
um, the doctor, and I commented on it being like, wait a minute, so what you're saying is, they were going to have a ginger doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, continue, continue the, the quote-unquote conspiracy theory. No gingers. I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, I'm just glad that, you know, someone is getting excitement out of something they like. Um, you know, anytime, I mean, at the end of the day, like I say, when it comes to, when it comes to these outrage jockeys, these people who love to manufacture it, there's, there's only two races and two genders to those people. <laughs> there's white and political and male and political. <laughs> so it's mm. the same people. It's just irony. It's hilarious irony in the fact that the same people who are so quick to call you a snowflake every time you complain about anything, just act like the sky is falling anytime a black guy gets cast in something anytime a black person gets cast in anything <laughs> yeah and i mean we already had technically technically we already had um the first portrayal of a black female doctor um mm -hmm. with rose who is not the first but an earlier uh regeneration than jody's doctor which that that goes into a whole other thing that doesn't make any sense to anyone unless you are a doctor doctor who fan um listen wibbly wobbly timey wimey no that's... don't 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 say that <laughs> don't say that yeah that's when what it my comes list... to time travel time travel is magic in fiction you can do anything you want with it <laughs> so i see and that's the thing time travel can be so fun especially when you decide to like Avengers. Avengers is a perfect example of I love that they used pop culture references to be like time travel's not like this. It's <laughs> these rules, not the same yeah. rules. <laughs> uh Yeah. No no news. No news, Nate. Um no I will say game wise though, uh there was one other thing that I had played. Um mm -hmm. it just disappeared. I don't I need to look into it more. So I a while back had bought or in a bundle got um the games love and love Two. um playing them they 100 percent reminded me of um do you remember the game v v v v v v v something like that it's like eight v's or something like that i remember that title yes yeah okay it one thousand percent made me think of that game um like to the point that i wasn't sure if maybe they were developed by the same people from what i'm seeing it doesn't look like it uh oh the developer is actually now working on delta rune which is interesting oh it's this guy i know this guy sorry it's his name is uh fred wood uh but he's working on Grapplebot, and i've been on and off following that for a while too I want okay. so many, so many indie games, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my jam. 1000%. Yes. I would say indie games are in your wheelhouse, but they're kind of the entire wheelhouse now. <laughs> I play other things. <laughs> if a AAA game goes on Xbox Game Pass, I play it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get your AAA game for nothing, I will play it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, pay for shit I don't care about. If, indie games come out you're just like <laughs> exactly 
All right. So before we get into uh, full spoiler stuff, um, you was this your first free comic book day? This was not my first free comic book day. Okay. So going back to my, if we want to talk about my first free comic book day at all, all I can really say is it wasn't an amazing experience because I didn't know anything about comic books. <laughs> I was a lot younger. Um, and it was kind of me and some friends just driving around to random comic stores yeah. without any real direction of where we were going or what to look at or anything like that. So I didn't know much about comics or how they worked. I was still in the manga at the time. And like I explained to you, when we went to Third Eye, manga is simple. It's yeah. one story, volumes one through whatever. At the end, comics have runs. And so, like, I have a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one. But this is a brand new run of The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, I didn't it, know you got that. So, yeah, so it's not... In, in my weird autismo brain, it's still hard making sense of... How can this be number one if there's like 50 other number ones? Yeah, I literally have a box uh, with number one through 93, I think. And then mm -hmm. number one of the new run. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's hard for me to conceptualize. But now that I understand the way that volumes of comic books work that I used to collect, I get the fact that there's a run. That issue is only in print for so long it expires and gets pulled to back copies and things like back issues and things like that. The comic store eventually runs out. And once the run is complete, then if the run sold well enough, the comic studio will usually go ahead and print that as a volume to then be collected by people later. Yeah. That's the one downside mm -hmm. I will say with the, the um, with Marvel and DC, not everything gets collected into trades um, sometimes. Uh, usually when it comes to um, either Dark Horse or Image, I think they are more likely to print everything just so just because it, they, they make more or not make more off of it, but that is a continuous stream of um, of income for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, you're just labeling all the... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I mean in, for the longest time, I don't know if Image is still doing it, but uh, Image Volume 1s for trades used to be nine ninety nine. Every Volume 1 was nine ninety nine, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was great because, I mean, normally I think they run between 15 and $20, especially Marvel. Marvel seems to be so much more expensive for those, um, which yeah. is why I, I usually try and avoid trades when it comes to the big the big two. Um, I usually, if I want, if there's something I really want, I'll get the, the hardcover of it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's, I have some really nice hardcover ones too. Yeah. Well, the things I'm going to talk about are not things I picked up during free comic book day. These are things I picked up when you and I went to the comic store. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your co free no. comic stuff. The thing that I picked up on free comic book day, I haven't even read because I got like 13 free comics that day. <laughs> Including, and... I'm still blown away that they put out a comic, comic, like actual comic book version of solo leveling that yeah. is the weirdest thing to me so there will be full comic book versions of solo leveling and one of the things i saw the thing is is most of those i got weren't when i went to third eye later that day there was a third eye sponsored event actually at greenbelt mall oh and so i went cool. there and i kept looking for the store and realized there's no comic store here what they had set up in the middle of the mall was basically a community event with some tables set up 
and cosplayers and stuff would stop by and they had like art projects for kids and whatnot but then they also had people from third eye come down there and start dishing out the free comics and an interesting thing is this is the first time i've ever seen it in a free comic book day from pictures or in person a hardcover copy of something that was free oh what was the hardcover um you know what let me grab it because now i forgot it something about mouses <laughs> oh mouse guard mouse guard that's what it is okay yeah, so Mouse Guard. They used had to a work at a comic shop. I remember that was things. hardcover. <laughs> uh, that um, I've heard really good things about that story too. So yeah, so I grabbed it up. It's it's drawn like old school fairy tale kind of stuff. Um, so it looked neat. Um, I was able to buy something that I wanted that was hard for me to find because it is all back issues now, and that was uh, Knights of Metal, which is the medieval DC. Product. Oh, okay. So I was able to get issue one of that finally. Um, and then I found some other things I want to buy. Avengers Tech One is one of them, but I cannot find an issue one of that right now. So I'm looking at different comic shops and seeing if they have a back issue of that. Yeah. Keep checking Avengers... Third Eye. Keep check. I would say uh, check out um, Collector's Corner too. I know he gets a lot in there. Yeah, but uh, just name dropping least... companies, man. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, for at least for what I have read um, in recent history, I've read a lot more than what I've listed here. But these are my two favorites out of what I've read by far. Mm-hmm. I'll actually start with my second favorite first, which is What If Miles Morales Became by Marvel. So this is a new comic run. It's only up to issue two right now. The first one is What If Miles Morales Became Captain America, and the second one is What If Miles Morales Became Wolverine. And so it is a what-if story set in alternate you know, Marvel universes where Miles Morales becomes these different, basically, Avengers or different superheroes from the Marvel Universe. And it is tied into kind of what we expect from a what if at this point it's going to do with sort of a multiverse thing of bringing these different versions of miles together that's mm -hmm. very much hinted at the end of the first issue so i'm just interested to see where it goes because miles morales i feel like he's getting a lot more love from marvel now that marvel has woken up to the fact that people do like miles as yeah. a character <laughs> um, sad that it took a fucking uh cartoon or uh, fucking movie for them to finally realize that yeah. but yeah um but um it, it's getting there and he's he's getting a lot more fleshing out now both in his own amazing or ultimate spider-man comics and now in some other things as well yeah uh i don't know have you do you know the next two because there's five issues it looks like it's five issues altogether. um there are two more before that meetup kind of thing um mm -hmm. uh he is becoming the hulk and yeah. then the final and one hulk. is uh thor Yes. Well, I did see the Hulk preview. I did not see the Thor preview. Yeah. So, that's... so he's basically just going to be all the mainline Avengers then. <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, uh, this was my favorite by far. This is a Dark Horse published comic called We Have Demons. Um, there's two issues of that out right now. And I liked it so much that when I backed a third eye, I got another variant cover of the first oh, issue. Oh, wow. <laughs> So I have two number ones of that now. I also have two number ones of Amazing Spider-Man because I had another variant that I didn't see while I was there the first time, but then saw the second time. It's got uh, half MJ and half Black Cat on it. Yeah. And it just looks really neat, so I had to get that one. Yeah, and this but, is the one that I thought that was funny because we didn't really see it mm -hmm. on the new shelf, uh, but they yeah. had it up front mm -hmm. at the other end of the store. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, as we were about to go up to pay, you're like, ooh, what this? Yes. <laughs> And it's the well, it's new series by Scott Snyder and Greg Capula, who did, I think, that was your favorite run of Batman, right? 
Yes. Yeah. I did my favorite run of Batman. So this story follows a girl named Lama Sue. She's named after an angel, actually. <laughs> um, but everyone calls her Lamb for short. But basically, just to give you a synopsis of this, a premise, um, at the be- in the story, at the beginning of the universe, at the Big Bang, two extra elements were created. One is the lightest possible element there is, and that's called Halo, and the other one is the heaviest possible element there is called Horn. And these two elements basically whizzed throughout the universe, and parts of them crashed on Earth. Now the problem is, a lot more Horn than Halo crashed on Earth. Only one bit of Halo has ever crashed on Earth, and a ton of Horn has crashed there. And the problem is, is what Horn does, is it infects and corrupts everything it touches, including people. And it turns those people into demons. Okay. Um, and then you have Halo, which is the antithesis to it. And Halo is used to make blades, which are just various weapons that certain people can use if they have enough faith. And faith is not like religious faith or believing in something, believing in like a deity per se. Faith is just believing in something so strongly. It can be family, it can be friends, whatever. And that's what activates the Halo. Otherwise, it's basically just common ass metal to most people. Um, <laughs> Man, that sounds but, about uh, right. To be good, you have to be really good. To use the good thing, you have to be really good. But yeah. to be evil, you just have to touch it. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil too much of it, but basically, the people who can wield Halo, who have blades, of course, are fighting the demons who are infected by Horn. Is it Master Chief? Um, no. <laughs> but uh, it's a very interesting story. It's a very... Even though the comic likes to make you think like it's super gory and bloody and nasty and things like that, it's no more gory and bloody than many other quote-unquote gory and bloody comics I've read before. Um, like, at, is it way, at least Walking Dead level? Yeah, it's about yeah. Walking Dead okay. level. Um, I just think it's a really interesting tale. It's I like comics that deal with quasi supernatural stuff like blade and things like that so this is an interesting tale for anyone who's into that kind of thing it's modern it's updated it's not it doesn't take itself extremely seriously which i enjoy um and you get some you get in the issues they're paced very rapidly so you get nice heartwarming moments and also hilarious moments Mm -hmm. and then some darker moments too but it's like you get one of those each issue you read. Okay. So I feel like they're going to probably evolve it to a longer story. I don't know how many issues they're planning on releasing, but it is, I I would recommend it to anyone who's into that sort of supernatural stuff in their comics. Yeah. I know right now it's listed only as a mini series, so I don't know how long. Uh, Let me see if I can find any more about it. Just because, I mean, those two, they're like a, a power couple when it comes to comics nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't show. I'm not seeing anything on listing on how many issues so far. Um, but yeah. I might. I don't need. I don't need anymore. I, I have enough. I have. I don't read any of this. Do you know what I do? I buy all those. I put them in bags and boards, throw them in their box. <laughs> I'll then read it online. Um,. I have a feeling that eventually I'm going to need bags and boards. <laughs> yeah, do it. It's it's worth it. Um, I, but no, I, I mean, right now, all I've been doing... Again, I didn't check out Free Comic Book Day. I had a very, very busy Saturday. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I've 
just I go through I've been like breezing through again it's my um my isekai addiction where I've just been mm-hmm. breezing through a whole bunch of uh 20 to 40 <laughs> chapter things that are out right now <laughs> get through it and be like oh save this in case they add put more out who fucking knows at this point um <laughs> Because that's the one that the, the website I use, it doesn't have, like, this This comes out usually on this day or anything like that. The only one I know for a fact comes out usually Thursday or Friday is uh, One Piece. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, nothing, nothing super great, nothing to really well, focus on, yeah. but... I mean, One Piece is still running in Jump, so you know that's coming out. Yeah, um, it's consistent. Turns out... I didn't know Spy Family was in Jump also. So. Yeah, also consistent. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of that, and I, I'm... I just watched the latest episode today, and do, it is a fucking banger. Do they have a dog yet? <laughs> they don't have a dog yet. Okay. The dog is still later. Okay. But this latest episode is fucking great. This, it's the your the first fight, right? Between your yes. and... Okay. <laughs> I'm like it's it's canon. Your is stronger than Twilight is. Oh yeah, like, one thousand percent. Just have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't there? I think somebody somebody shared us seeing a, a picture from the manga where, um, what's the girl's name? I always forget. Anya. Anya. Yeah. Anya like has stats on them, uh, mm-hmm. where like your is incredibly powerful. But stupid as fuck. Um, and then, uh, what's his real name? Because I almost said Twilight. His well, his real name. Yeah, real name. Lloyd. Lloyd. Mm. That's right. I should remember that because Lloyd. That's those are the he's the best in Animal Crossing. He's a little uh, weird. Thing. I'm trying to find out where my brain made up a last name for your though, because it's your Briar is her maiden name. Did you say your mama? Then, no. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Though. <laughs> uh, I went to, of course, Your Forger is our married name. Yeah. Somehow my brain came up with the name Your Dresher for some reason, and I don't like know Fran? how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met Your's brother yet? No. Damn. I do know Yuri okay. eventually shows up in the manga, but he has not shown up in the show yet. Okay. The latest episode... I didn't think I, I read mean, that far into the manga. The latest episode, and I'm not going to spoil it, deals with something that Anya really wants to do before she goes to school, and then them making that happen. Okay. And it's also just a really touching episode, because it shows how far Lloyd will go for Anya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those, like... Obviously, it starts off with it very much, like, Lloyd is doing a job. This is the job. He doesn't care. And it really is like, by the end of this, they become an actual family, right? They, they're they oh, like, yeah. yeah. They care well, about you can, each other. You can see that creep through in each anime episode. And like, I'll put it this, I was thinking about actually doing a video for us on this and talking about how much, even though he doesn't say it outright, how much Lloyd really cares about Anya. And how much your cares about Anya, and they don't even realize it themselves. But if you go back to just the last episode, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but basically they're doing their interview for the school. Right? Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah, and so this haughty 
school headmaster guy like gets in their face and basically makes Anya cry. And at that point, Lloyd basically punches almost entirely through a coffee table. And I thought to myself, imagine if that punch connected with that guy's face. <laughs> like, that is not a good look. <laughs> and then the fact that Yorv is just ready to straight up kill a guy, like, on the spot anyway. Did, so. <laughs> in the episode, did they do the thing where all these events happen and they just have an extra spare change of clothes for all oh, times? Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure that they did keep that in, because that shit was hilarious. I'm like, first of all, how is this man carrying around three suits in nothing? <laughs> like, he's got a tiny little handbag with him. <laughs> he's got three full suits in there. <laughs> he secretly has the storage storage uh, ability <laughs> skill. He's yeah. actually, he, he's been isekai uh, <laughs> The man's got three full three-piece suits just ready to go. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of swagger. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, anyway. I'm so far behind on anime and Go, actual important stuff um go read and watch all these things that we're talking about because they're all amazing yeah get your Crunchyroll subscription we don't have any codes or anything but i mean they're everywhere uh <laughs> that's true i think you can still get like a three-month one on um xbox i don't know if they pulled that yet uh, i don't know there may still be a game pass perk for that i am in the process of canceling my subscription to verve because really crunchy roll is the only thing i'm watching on it well and it, like and, i said it eventually it's going to be completely moved over anyway yeah. and i've got to cancel my subscription to funimation as well so yeah. the only reason i still have funimation is there's no app on my tv for crunchy roll over Herb. there's only one yeah. for funimation. it's <laughs> funny so, too because like there's no app on a lot of tvs but you can still stream you can just normally stream yeah. it from like your phone well i just grab it from my xbox now there's oh there's, yeah forgot about that 90% of the time using my TV is spent on my Xbox, I figured just get it on Xbox. <laughs> I do that too. There's uh, The TV doesn't have like a built-in Rooster Teeth app in streaming from the phone. just does not work for the app. Uh, but mm -hmm. the Xbox has a Rooster Teeth app, so I just watch things through that. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, moving on to the first, the first spoilery section. Oh, I thought that would go faster. I don't know why it's going so slow. Oh, hey, there. <laughs> Can I make it move it faster? <laughs> no, I can't. No faster. Move We're faster. We're to Moon Knigget. Whoa, hey, whoa, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, Moon Knight, man. Moon Knight's done. What are, what are we going to do? We have no no Disney Plus show to watch for two weeks. Oh. Is it even for two? Us. Yeah, two weeks? Because then we got Kenobi. Uh, but for now, for us living in the first world without our shows, don't don't bring it up. <laughs> um, oh God, we're not going to get into politics because fucking nope. burn the U.S. down completely. Uh, Moon Knight's done. Nate, we've had two yeah. episodes. We've watched two episodes. We've cried a lot. I'm sure. Did you cry? Did you cry in the second to last episode? Kind of. Or was it the last episode? Second last, yeah, second last episode is second where last episode we get to was... face all of the fucking trauma yes. of Mark Spector's life. Dude, so much trauma. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, Trauma Train came in at full speed, no breaks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just before we get into too much um, for audio people, we are now past the point. Everything from here on is going to be all spoilers about Moon Knight, uh, because we're also going to be talking about Doctor Strange we might accidentally bring some of that up in this conversation just because, you know, you can't control your mind sometimes. Um, 
So yeah, in case you don't want any spoilers for anything and you have to watch all of these things, goodbye. We love you. Like and subscribe. Follow us on all social media. Boom, boom. Space Time Taco, Chris Tumblr Brito. Mm. Boom. Nate, Lil Tebow. Lil Tebow. Uh, yes. And feel free to come back after you watch these things yeah. and get our thoughts on it. <laughs> Rate us five stars. You know, I hear that's a thing. Um, Rate us five stars. Do the thumbs up thing. Click the bell. You know what? Hey, how about this? Rate us. Do the, whatever whatever your podcast service says. But also, like, put something in the comment. Like, write, uh, uh, let's see. Write hashtag not my Doctor Who fandom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Moon Knight, Nate. How how do you, overall, overall series wise, what do you think about Moon Knight as a series? I think it was one of the better Marvel series that have come out. It had a bit of a slow start up, but that only gave room for you to ask questions that it later answered in very good ways. Um. It's also one of the more, it's, I guess, for lack of a better term, it's less super superhero-y than other shows. It doesn't focus so much on people with special powers as it does the interactions that, say, Mark has with Concho, how that contract came to be, and how it has, in essence, really fucked up Mark's life. Yeah. Um you know, and it deals with, I, I think having it be episodic is the right choice because you have time to, again, flesh out the characters. But then we get that second to last episode where you kind of have a lot dumped on you all at once. And then you have that final episode to tie it up, but you get that extra time between those episodes to process everything you've seen and to let it make sense. As opposed to if this were a movie there's no way you could pace this in a movie's runtime. Yeah. There's just too much going on all at once. That being said, I do enjoy the superhero elements of it. Moon Knight is a badass character in his own right. He's a badass superhero in his own right. Um, a lot of people call him Marvel's Batman, but he's so much more than that. And at the end of the day, you get this really great, impactful series that has more emotional weight to it than even shows like WandaVision do. Um, hmm. And it just... Yeah. It, it it hits you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... I went into it, because I... Basically, no experience with Moon Knight. I've known of him. Um, I knew aspects of the character. Uh, there are certain things that we haven't gotten, um, but that all depends on which direction they're going to go with him in general. Um, but I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it does, Marvel movies across the board, or movies, Marvel TV shows across the board, I think, have a slight pacing issue. Um, mm -hmm. but I think part of that is that they, they try and turn the, they try and turn the movies into TV shows. They aren't, I feel like they look at them like, hey, let's build out a movie that we have to have cliffhangers every hour. Um, mm -hmm. And it works for the most part, but it does seem some of those, those cliffhangers are just like, this is where we are before we go into the next one. Um, I think yeah. one of the, one of the better cliffhangers is uh, 
the one leading into the penultimate episode where it's just both of them being confronted by a giant hippo god goddess yeah. <laughs> um just that that scene in general i'm like yes all right all and give me this um and i think the way the way they do build it out i feel like we could just not don't do the previously on don't do previously on especially if you're not going to let us skip it disney plus let us skip it um I, I hate previously owns. It takes too much time up. <laughs> it the, does take time. The Thirty seconds. I think, at least in this one, the previously ones were edited well enough that you got exactly the content you needed to make sense of the current episode. Yeah. As opposed to what some previously ones does, where it's like, here is, like a five minute cut, of just the most important scenes from the last episode. Well, and there's even in the past I've noticed so many shows where it's like previous, like something that's been running longer, where it's like previously on, and they it's not the last episode. It's things that have occurred throughout the years of the show that are now going to be touched on specifically in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no, just just play that episode. If I don't remember who Uncle Gary is from three years ago, that's on me. Uh, <laughs> But that's also just me. I I will have somebody well, mention some random small character. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. I guess what I enjoyed, some things I enjoyed most about this was, first of all, we start with Steven. We don't start with Mark. Yeah. And starting with Steven was a brilliant play because people who don't know anything about Moon Knight are left with that question of this guy's blacking out and then all of a sudden he's pummeling people half to death like where does that even come from and then you learn about mark and find out okay mark's a mercenary and he has some skills and he's been fighting most of his life and things like that so okay you get some understanding but then, then starting we get with all the way yeah. to the end and then, then you get all the way to the maybe end it's not Lockley. just those two yeah. um, you get uh jake lockley who uh what if you took a psychopath murderer and gave him superpowers? <laughs> but controlled um, him to a certain extent. Yes. I mean, Kanchu has to control him. Kanchu is a god who has to pay at least some penalties for the things he does. Yeah. Um, that being said, I just... I, I think it's well worth the watch. The other thing I enjoyed, of course, was sort of the origin story of Steven that we get in that second to last episode how steven came to be why mark has split personalities yeah that, and oh. yeah and it is it's a heavy episode it's one that takes some fortitude to get through for certain but it is probably the best origin story for a character we've had in really a marvel property at this point yeah, it's it's fun to see, because like mo most origin stories, it really is. Hey, you get to see them right before the thing happens, and then you get to happen in their first big fight. Um, obviously, Spider Man with uh, Homecoming, we got to skip that, but we could because we've seen Spider Man become Spider Man enough. Um, it's very much like we don't need to see Batman's parents be killed again. Um, but the fact that the way that you see this origin story isn't even in the first episode. You don't really get the full origin until the second to last episode. Um, yes. And even with that, there are people that have already talked about theorizing whether or not that was the first time that they met. Um, mm -hmm. 
because there is the theory I've been seeing theories of the fact that uh, Khonshu has always known about Jake Lockley uh, and has yeah. been talking to Jake Lockley a lot longer. <laughs> um, well, notes. that's kind of well, that's kind of given away in that last scene with Jake it's Lockley. A little murdery, right? yeah. Is Khonshu yeah. is kind of the thing, or Jake Lockley is kind of the thing that Khonshu keeps in his back pocket, right? is this is the personality that needs to be brought forth when the other two simply cannot get the job done or won't and refuse to do it man yes and we also see kind of the length that Kanchu in all his moral posturing is still willing to go in order to achieve his goals yeah um because let's face it Jake Lockley in that last episode straight up murders a guy so he he deserved it i mean According to Kanchu, yes. And that's I mean, the thing that... he killed a lot of people. He did kill a lot of people, but we have to remember that Kanchu's morality is all according to Kanchu, so... I guess. I. It's one of those things where... And you, we've talked about how I am mm-hmm. in general. Um, and the vengeance aspect is, is better than that future sight shit. Because, like... Yeah killing somebody because they might do something evil in the future. We've seen enough shows about that and movies about that. Don't do that. Well, that's, that's the that's the big moral dilemma of the entire show, right? Is yeah. this battle between Kanchu and Amit, which is is Amit's way of doing things better than Kanchu's way of doing things because in Amit's world and view, it's we can prejudge people and determine that they're going to do something bad in the future, and therefore we need to remove them from the world and just let the good people flourish. Where Kanchu is about choice. I can't judge you until you've actually done the bad thing, because you always have the decision not to do the bad thing. Yeah. So what the bigger overarching question there is, is fate a thing in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> um, are people just destined to do whatever they're going to do? Man, and then uh, you get into... Uh, Loki with that where mm-hmm. the reason that they talk about specifically the reason why the Avengers were allowed to time travel is because that was supposed to happen um, yeah. at least by one person's decision that was supposed to happen uh, well they're basing everything off a very strict metric which is monitoring this single timeline and somehow quantifying what a branch is yeah. and then going after that branch so at least they have a metric to base it on, as opposed to just ambiguous moral debate. <laughs> yeah. That uh, doesn't make what they do any better, because they're literally erasing entire universes from existence, but... <laughs> true. Very that being true. said, other Marvel heroes have done that, and we get to see it in Doctor Strange even, so... <laughs> Wee! Moral <laughs> dilemma's so fun. Can't have good yeah. movies without them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, sp- speaking of the, that battle between those two uh, ideologies, um, we get to see that play out as a fucking kaiju fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while I've seen a lot of people be really like down on it, fuck that. I, any you give me kaiju battle, I am in for the kaiju battle. I'm sorry. Who doesn't want to see two gods? who you just assume would have, like, magical, mystical powers, 
beat the fuck. Try out to poke of each other. other to death with a sharp stick. Like no <laughs> lasers, no eye beams, no lasers, no nothing like that. Just straight up staff and and teeth. You got alligator head lady, you got bone crow man, and you got a pointy stick in between both of them, and that's it. <laughs> that's your fight. I'll admit. So after the show started, I did read um, about one and a half runs of Moon Knight, uh, and there are a lot of single panels of Khonshu looking like a fucking badass in a, in a suit, like a full suit, that I'm like, yeah. ah, if I got into and read all of Moon Knight and ended up realizing that I am a huge Moon Knight fan, I would get a Khonshu tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot that Khonshu actually does in the comic books. There's actually a really funny panel where he's just playing golf. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, that is from the run that I read. Um, yeah, I uh, think one of the things that goes on throughout the Moon Knight comics is sort of the humanization of Khonshu bringing him down more to earth and trying to get him to let go of this idea that he knows what's best for the entire world. Yeah. I think it's, was it volume seven? Because, I mean, in the comics and even in the show we get a bit of this, he's basically a joke to the rest of the Egyptian gods. Like, they yeah. don't take him seriously at all. <laughs> even yeah. though he has probably one of the best powers of any god that we've seen in the Marvel Universe. The man can control the stars yeah, like what's interesting literally spin the planet at will because <laughs> that's the thing he's not controlling the stars he's yeah. controlling the positioning of the planet in that yes um which yeah, also the, if it's... the planet rotates that fast we're all getting yeeted off of it at like mocked nah, 60 magic, so... <laughs> magic man we explain it away with magic um so yeah, it was Moon Knight Volume Seven uh, is the the main run that I read, which is uh, Warren Ellis, and it was eventually picked up. Um, there was a second writer on the the volume. Uh, definitely recommend it. It's the the artwork itself is is what really sold me on it. Um, in that it does touch on obviously because you get it starts off with Mister Knight, uh, and you get a little bit of all three of the the altars. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I. I really enjoyed this. I, I like that it was different. Because, um, like, obviously, it, Wanda, WandaVision had its vision. that uh, Multiple visions. <laughs> hey, Cooper. Um, had multiple visions, and uh, it worked for that, but it then wove back into the normal Marvel MCU kind of thing. Um, but even with the other two shows, with Loki and... Fuck, I forgot. Other three. Keep forgetting Hawk. I have it. Um, just not that it was bad. Just because it happened so quickly, I forgot that it happened sometimes. Um, but with the other three, it, it really felt like, oh, these are just more of the same that we've had. Um, but I feel like Moon Knight, they got to touch on things and explore stuff that they don't get to in the normal shows. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of just human stuff. Not so yeah. much superhero kind of stuff. Um, hell, fucking the last whole, ep almost the entire last episode... Or no, sorry, the entire second to last? Nope, third to last episode. He's just a human. Um, these are two human good people going up against a bunch of assholes in a weird fucking cool zombie mummy dude. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I like the idea. It, it's Moon Knight is very much a similar case as Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, this isn't the headliner this isn't one of your headlining comic book characters but it's somebody that 
we know we can do something good with. Um, yes. And they did. Well, and I really fucking hope we get another season. I was saying, when Marvel takes a property from, say, a B-list or C-list superhero and puts it in the hands of the right writers and directors, they do end up making something special out of it. Yeah. I mean, how many people really cared about Scarlet Witch or Wanda outside of X-Men related stories? How many people even knew who Vision was before Avengers came out? The only um, reason I knew who Vision was be- was because of the Tom mm-hmm. King series. Yes. I mean, how many people really gave a shit at all, like you said about Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, before the movie <laughs> movies came out? And now um, we are Groot. Yes. And so <laughs> they... I, Marvel has... I mean, they, they keep striking gold. It's amazing to me that, you know, one IP can run this long and just keep making hits every single time they do it and not have it, and not have the missteps like they did i mean obviously in the beginning yeah it was a little bit rough um especially I mean, when it came to thor and hulk <laughs> there's peaks and there's valleys still with this but the valleys are not so low that it's like you can say at the end of it okay the mcu is done yeah, right. the valleys are like we're at the we're at a top of a mountain that happens to have a valley in between the other end of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, that and even going back to the fact that Marvel the whole MCU was able to do what it was doing. Iron Man, yes, we think of Iron Man as one of like the most well known, best selling, biggest names in Marvel comics. He was not Marvel. Iron Man no. was not a favorite at all. Um, and before they started designing Iron Man's suit to actually look like something that was put together by a tech genius, Iron Man looked goofy as fuck yeah. most of the time. One hundred percent. He he looked like what he came up came out of uh, after he made something in a cave with a box of scraps. Um, yeah. It no, didn't Iron get Man's, much better. Iron Man's suit was just basically another skin tight superhero suit with a goofy mask for yep. most of his comic book life. And then they finally said, hey, he's in a robot suit. Maybe we should actually make it look like a robot suit. Yeah, we shouldn't see his junk. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't look like recolored Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with how Moon Knight turned out. Um, I'm excited for hopefully an announcement of a season two uh but we got some time before then um mm-hmm. but hey yeah. we I got mean, our next biggest series is obi-wan yeah oh hell yeah i am so fucking excited for so many reasons uh one because it's obi-wan two because kumail Nagiani's in it um three i found out that the one of the uh villains is being played by the actress that played the best friend on Queen's Gambit. Um, mm. My mind's blanking on her name right now. I believe the character's name is Riva. Um, let's see. Obi-Wan. Moses Ingram is the actress's name. Okay. Riva is the Inquisitor. Um, gotcha. But looked into her more... And she's from fucking Baltimore. <laughs> oh, there we go. So hell yeah. <laughs> um, Representation for our town full of 
trash murdering crabs. Whoa, hey, wait, um, whoa, hey, 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 murder crabs. All right, murder crabs. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited for that. We get that the 24th, no, 26th, I think. I don't remember. 26. We get it in two weeks. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I'm glad that we're getting another what I've called gap filler for Star Wars. Um, Oop, this no is post-Clone Wars. <laughs> you turned me off, post-Clone Wars. Um, but that gap in between Clone Wars and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, we're, we're getting closer and closer to not having anything or, between that. Sorry, Clone Wars and the original, the original trilogy, trilogy, not yeah. the sequel trilogy. Um, the sequel trilogy doesn't exist. No, it does. It... Okay. I've talked about this before. I'm not any kind of sequel trilogy apologist. Force Awakens is a really entertaining movie and a great way to bring people back into the world of Star Wars. Uh, Last Jedi was a big enough change that I was excited to see what was going to happen. And then Disney said, oh, people whined about that too much. Let's change everything that was planned for the next one. The last movie was pure extended universe fanboy drivel and there are <laughs> some really fun really good parts to that movie i will yes. not say i did I, wa I walked away from that movie entertained not well, happy entertained you can't watch a star war without parts of it being fun <laughs> no clone wars oh no yeah you're right clone wars even had yes. some good parts grievous was great but at the end of the day the third movie is just what ruined it all for me yeah. I'm sorry to say. Like, retroactively the ruin the first two of the trilogy. Well, that's like, I can deal with the first two. The third movie is when... Because I go back into sort of the story behind how that movie got made. And knowing things like what the producer Kathleen Kennedy said about it. And then knowing the fact that the director of the movie basically wanted to undo everything the previous director did. <laughs> and they just pulled a bunch of random stuff out of, like the Star Wars Wikipedia Extended Universe pages, which is now called Legends. They just pulled a bunch of crap out of that and said, let's make a movie out of this. Yeah. And that's it. Like, it was written like a 13-year-old Star Wars fanfic on Wattpad. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like, I, I say that there was stuff, but right now I can't think of anything. Um, only because I, I I watched that movie once. I have not rewatched that movie. I've rewatched every Star Wars movie. Um, I hell, watched it again. I saw and... the I saw one. Well, I saw Last Jedi two times in a row. I saw it opening night and then immediately watched it again because my friend had an extra ticket to literally same theater. I walked out and then walked right back in. Um, uh, but like even the the prequel trilogy, I I saw that third movie I think three times in theaters. And I was, mm -hmm. I was a kid back then, so it wasn't like I chose to go see that by myself. It was, uh, I wanted to see it, my mom wanted to see it again, why not? <laughs> um, well, it's got arguably the best lightsaber duel in the entire series in it, so there's that. No, man, that's when it's, it's Kenobi versus Grievous. <laughs> the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> can't really call it a lightsaber <laughs> it's a lightsaber versus a helicopter uh, versus a fucking blender is what it is yeah. <laughs> i still am hurt and offended by that fucking movie's portrayal of grievous 
Because the first time we meet Grievous, the first introduction of General Grievous is in a is in the original two D uh, Clone Wars cartoon, Clone Wars. yeah. Which one introduced some of the greatest fucking things that they could have kept and they didn't fucking keep in the universe. Um, and then the first appearance and coolest appearance of Grievous, where he straight up murders like five Jedi yeah. on his own. Uh, well, that's because Grievous is supposed to be intimidating. He's supposed to be a really bad dude who's really good at murdering Jedi because that's what he was built and trained to do. And he now was, he has asthma. He was essentially the walking embodiment of, like, this is what we want to do with Order 66, but we can't go public with it yet, so we'll make a dude who does all that for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it really, and, all I want now at this point is I just want more bad batch um because the upside i collected lightsabers that's all he did yeah um i was gonna say bad batch gets to do what that show originally did which is bring in the cool shit and make it canon to the universe Uh, yeah and i enjoy the fact that it shows that when we got like clone wars as a movie when we got episode two it was all the clones were they were basically just stormtroopers on a bigger scale. I mean, the Battle of Geonosis is Star Wars' version of the Battle of Helm's Deep. Like, that's yeah. really all it is. But then you start getting more stuff in Clone Wars where you're learning that the clones do have individual personalities and some of them are even specialized and get to be in Spec Ops groups. In you say specialized. The it, they're defective by the clone... Uh, they by are. The, uh, their, their standards. Quote-unquote um, defective, but which works the clone out. army still finds a use for them by putting them in a Spec Ops group. And later they are sort of the template for other spec ops groups that the Imperial Army uses. Yeah. So about random awesome things in Star Wars, like the fucking dubstep music for the... What are they? Death Troopers or whatever the fuck? Death Troopers, yes. God damn. I love that music so much. (laughs) It's like There's up there. Of... Those are my two favorite music. My two favorite scores for Star Wars are are uh, Duel of Fates and the fucking Death Trooper music. <laughs> I'm just begging them to please give me a Saw Gerrera series. That's all I want. Uh, we got enough of him though. Um, I guess you didn't really watch. Uh, did you watch much of the Clone Wars show? Not really. So Saul is in the Clone Wars as well as he shows back up in Rebels. So we kind of get majority of his life filled in. Um, Gotcha. I don't know. I feel like it's... There are certain things I'm like, I don't need more. Um, Obviously, the one thing I've wanted and not said vocally enough is I would still love a full-on Disney Plus series for uh, Lando with, with... Donald Glover back as Lando. Um, I don't know if he'd be up for it. I don't know if he'd be up for it either. But man, that man is busy. <laughs> I mean, I'd be down to watch it because Lando is a character who we know is cool, but we just don't get to see a lot of him. Mm-hmm. The majority of it is we get to just have him be the cool character. It's like badass character and cool character, best friends. That's all we get. Yeah. And we understand that 
Lando, for a lot of his life, must have had a leg up on Han, so... I mean, he already had the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. He just lost it in a bet. Yep. Even though he normally cheated. I'm pretty sure he was always cheating. I can't remember. Uh, also, why not replace the fucking escape pod? <laughs> no, no, that's not an escape pod. It's uh, a storage thing. Oh, a storage I think thing. it's a storage, like a storage unit, because it's, like, it's a transport ship. Yeah, I mean, if it's a big old storage unit, why not? Why wouldn't you just replace that? You're a smuggler. You want extra cargo space. It doesn't look as cool. <laughs> Having the, like, two-prong thing is so much cooler than just a giant I mean, block on the end. Yes, it's cooler, and that is the original design of the Millennium Falcon. Like, that was not, that storage thing was not included in the original design. Yeah. But Yeah, that was, that was very much a... Because um, we're talking about filling in spaces in Star Wars. That was literally filling in a space in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, here I go. I'm trying to apply logic to a universe that has laser swords and space magic, so. It's some of the best content that's been made for it is anime, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get more of that. Where's season two of that? I, yes, I want season two of What If. Give me season two of Star Wars Visions. God damn. Or volume nice. two, I guess. At least we have a new season of. Love, Death, and Robots coming out. Um, but hey, it's gonna be good. <clears throat> moving on from that, getting back out of Star Wars over to the other massive property that Star Wars, or that Disney owns. Uh, this weekend, I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness twice. Uh, you saw it once, right? <laughs> yes. Who did you see it with Nate? Or with Nate? You are Nate with Dave or? Well, it's funny you mention that. Dave did buy us the tickets early on that week, but something happened with his dog and he could not go. Mm. Now his dog is yeah, fine. He told me about so that. I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound dire. His dog is fine. Um but he had all the tickets there. Um he bought three extras, one for me, one for our buddy Cisco, and one for our buddy Reed. And so I ended up picking Reed up and then Cisco drove himself and we all went to the movies and saw it because Dave didn't want the tickets to go to waste. Yeah. He bought them with his Cinemark movie club thing. Um, but when I got there, the concierge desk was actually doing all the ticketing at the time. So I go up to the desk and they say, okay, four. And I say, well, actually three. And the guy goes, oh, well, we can refund the extra ticket if he's really not going to be here. Mm -hmm. And so I just let Dave know that they did refund his ticket to him. That's good. Um, so they were cool about it, but that was just the beginning of going in and we did see it in the Cinemark XD theater, of course. So best picture quality, best sound quality we could possibly get. Yeah. We did the Dolby at AMC. Gotcha. <clears throat> I did it twice. Kim got to see it. Uh, Kim saw it, um, in what's that thing called? Alamo draft house. Mm. I'm jealous. I wish we had one closer to us. We have one in DC, but that's, you know, I like getting to see movies too much to want to drive all the way to DC all the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, got to see it twice. I um, I I was happy to see it twice. I wanted. I'm ready to go see it again. I like. There's part of me that wants to obtain it through legal means and watch it again as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Legal. So yeah, you know. Um, before we get into too much of it. Overall, what'd you think? Overall, it's kind of hard to describe what I think of this movie because was it like an amazing blow my socks off movie? Not really. Really? Okay. 
was it what I think they wanted the movie to be? At least what I think the director wanted the movie to be? Absolutely. Um, for those of you not in the know, the movie is directed by Sam Raimi. And if you know anything about the original Spider-Man trilogy, Sam Raimi's background was in horror films. And there's a lot of scenes in the original Spider-Man trilogy that give that away. And that he even shot and directed specifically to be like something out of a horror movie. Um, probably one of the most famous scenes that he worked on was the one where Doc Ock is on an operating table and his arms are hanging up in the air and his arms start to move on their own and they're just murdering all the doctors and surgeons in that room. Mm -hmm. And you get classic horror movie tropes of how these things occur. You get the shadows and blood spatter on the wall. You get the dragging away into a dark corner somewhere. And then you get Sam Raimi's favorite trope, which is the close-up on a screaming woman's face. So, <laughs> Speaking of which, um, in the movie, people I've seen people talk about the fact that uh, we get almost an exact duplicate of the scene from Spider-Man 2 of Doc Ock climbing up the wall and it cutting to the woman's face inside the building with the mm -hmm. weird space what is it like Gor Gorgoa or Gor Gorgas I don't remember weird mm. space octopus demon um, yeah but I, it is inter it is interesting to see him get to touch a Marvel property uh fucking what is it it's eight years later no no 18 years later yeah um, fuck 18 years later which I feel like it was one of those things that I mean we had Tobey Maguire in no way home yeah so and we got kind of doc Ock. we got doc like, Ock back too yeah they got they got terry mcguire they got willem dafoe and they got alfred molina to all come back and play their original characters and i think through that a deal was struck saying to sam raimi <laughs> like <laughs> like hey you see what we did with your original creations here let's see what you can do we'll give you some money and we just want to see what you can do on your own with one of our other properties. <laughs> Not too much money. I, I will point out, yeah. uh, it is interesting that um, Doctor Strange, I believe, had, um, let's see, the budget was a lot less. Yeah, the budget was $200 million, um, compared to, <laughs> let's just look at Endgame's budget. Um, well, that explains where all the CG went in that movie. <laughs> oh, you know what? Endgame's budget was only $356 million. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> but no, it, it, the fact that it is is a lower budget compared to some of the the bigger films. It's also a much shorter film. Um, yeah, I felt like it blew blew by the fact that it's. I think it's it, it comes in about two minutes or two minutes, two hours, six minutes, um, mm -hmm. which it it felt like that. And I want yeah. more. I that's why I want to just keep watching it. And this is a movie that I know. Obviously, you said you weren't you aren't massive fan. Um, I wasn't thrilled by it yeah. i will say is it enjoyable and does it tell a compelling story yes it does do that so this is gonna fall in about in a three for you three out of five on our on the uh tacos this is gonna fall like as a three and a half we it's don't not have halves. we don't have halves we don't have halves then i'll have to knock it down to a three okay <laughs> because the thing is i would place it above most threes that i've ranked um it is one of, like I said before, the MCU has peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. This is one of their valleys, but it's not 
it's not Thor two Valley. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's a crater. That is a crater, not a Valley. Uh, right. In, right next to the other Thor, the other Hulk crater that he made. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, for me, I put it, um, I have it with a, a four, a four out of five. Um, it, it's funny though, because like I look at my, my personal ranking, I have it actually listed on, um, on letterboxd uh which i highly recommend it's fun to keep lists together and rank all your movies and stuff on there um but it currently is sitting at my number eight spot on the list uh but i kind of like just looking at this list again i want to rewatch some things because i saw this movie twice i absolutely love this movie um i -hmm. saw spider-man no way home twice i gave spider-man no way home a five but like personally I like this movie more, but you just I think a lot of people. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I don't <laughs> fucking care about other people. I mean, hey, here I'll go through my top, my top uh, eight because I won't go through ten because the la- nine and ten are actually two of the TV shows. Um, uh, but I personally, Spider Spider Man No Way Home actually, I guess, does more in a certain way for the universe. To a certain extent, I don't know. Whatever, it's wrapping up a whole bunch of shit. Um, but that's the thing: Endgame, Infinity War, and even No Way Home. To a certain extent, all are doing a lot for the universe that had been built up to this. Um, you know, I mean, we've even—I think we even talked about the fact that No Way Home is an origin movie. Um, I also just realized we haven't put up the spoiler stuff for that. That's on me. Whoops. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. Uh, I I think I liked this movie on its own more than No Way Home. Uh, in the ranking right now, I'm still going to keep it where it is at the 8 unless I rewatch everything. Um, but like up to 8, num- my, my number 8, obviously, Multiverse of Madness. Number 7 is Shang-Chi. Um, I f- absolutely love that movie. Uh, 6 is Civil War. I'm not going to go into reasons why I like all these things. I'm just going to say them all. Uh, five is Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> um, which is the like I feel like of all of these is the most out of place theme thematically. Um, yeah. But four is Infinity War. Three is No Way Home. Two is Endgame. My number one is is still, and I don't know if it will ever not be this, is Winter Soldier. Captain America: really? Winter Soldier is personally my favorite of any MCU movie. And I've gone, like, I went back and rewatched it. I'm like, nope, still, still my favorite. You know, I can see Winter Soldier being up there because it was the first real full-length Marvel film that deviated a lot from what we had typically seen but kept enough about what we loved of the MCU in it. It's a fucking, because, it's a spy thriller. Yeah, it's a spy movie. <laughs> With superpower and, people. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see Captain America do more than just be the guy who can punch stuff real hard. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, there was a lot with that movie that just it it still solidified in that spot for number one. I will it ever be beaten? Who knows? Um, it is nice seeing like the way that it's because it's going one through seven and then it drops down to eight. So it's literally like Winter Soldier dropped down to Multiverse Madness. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good break every seven movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we're fucking we're at 34 properties we got uh, miss marvel comes out we're at 35 marvel mcu products products yeah. projects well just 
going back to actually Multiverse of Madness here. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Well, we know where you've ranked it amongst Marvel films. <laughs> Do you have a definitive score for this movie yeah i so, said sorry i thought i said that uh it, i i gave it the four out of five a four out of five yeah okay um, probably did say it and i probably forgot no that's okay i talked a lot there uh no i and that that is the funny thing where i gate like a, that's why i was bringing up the whole list is that i gave no way home a five um mm-hmm. but i gave this a four and i think it i think part of that is I don't even know. I I think it is because it is a movie that while I absolutely loved it and will continuously rewatch it over and over again, I don't think it did. uh, I don't think we had enough time with certain people, certain aspects or focused on certain aspects of it. Um, And I know I see you later on in your thing talking about uh, to protect America at all costs. Um, I agree. Uh, I want, I want, I want a new, I want straight up an, either an entire show for her or get that fucking young Avengers together as soon as fucking possible. I want more of her in this universe. Um, I think if it were a solo thing for her, it would probably work best as a show at this point because she's a brand new character in this universe. Um, you know, eventually, yes, I would like to see her in a movie. That's kind of where all these go. I mean, this is essentially the culmination of events that happened in WandaVision. A large part of this film is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So another part of this is kind of immediately what happens to the multiverse after Spider-Man. So, yeah. uh, but no, I, well. I think, I think mm-hmm. it did a really good job with the character, even character development for them. Um, mm-hmm. Wanda, obviously the the break we got to see in WandaVision her realize her power to a certain extent uh, and it ends with her starting exploring the multiverse through the Darkhold um, mm-hmm. and obviously she's had some time with that and it's broken her further uh, yeah and you know they what's the isn't there saying something about how a mother will do anything for her children uh, yeah. <laughs> including possibly destroy the entirety of existence um (laughs) well it's it's funny that you mention that now because it makes me go back to a what if episode that we got where we had a version of dr strange who literally did destroy his entire universe yeah yeah so at least there's a dr strange out there who knows the consequences of doing this yeah, and technically there are one two. In this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? No, there there was another one. Um, <laughs> obviously, if you can't tell, full spoilers with the thing, and we said it ahead of time. This is on yes. you if you didn't listen. Um, but uh, I yeah. mean, just I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You go. I was just saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, beyond what we, you know, there are really cool moments in this film, but. The general breakdown is, of course, the movie sort of starts with... I I like how the movie starts, especially. Because it starts in a way that immediately just raises a big question mark in your head. Right? You don't know, unless you know anything about America Chavez, what you're seeing on screen as soon as the movie starts. Mm -hmm. Um, But you get this scene with an alternate strange... And America Chavez running away through something that looks like an alternate universe from this big creepy monster. Um, 
and they're trying to get to this book, the Book of Ashanti, which serves as a semi-MacGuffin in this film. Um, it's a MacGuffin until it's not, basically. It's a, it's a red hair MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, it's, as opposed to the Darkhold, it's where the Darkhold is like the book of ultimate evil magic. The Book of Ashanti is the book of, like, ultimate good magic. It's funny. Except it's not even really a book of spells. It just gives you the ability to cast whatever spell you need in the moment. Yeah. That's a weird idea. Also, uh, with that, um, speaking on the the ultimate book of evil, uh, you know, very similar to possibly the Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be. Um, which is funny because Wanda is not the one who ends up raising the dead in this movie. <laughs> no, no. God damn, I love fucking. Just but, I want to see uh, this again. Speaking on Wanda's role in this movie, without going through a full plot synopsis, because that's going to be a long thing and yeah. very boring to do. But speaking on the way Wanda was in this movie, she is full-blown Scarlet Witch, but they went and did her as... They tried to do a tragic villain thing with her, and I don't know your take on this, but the tragic part I wasn't buying. Because all her arguments for doing the things she wants to do and trying to meet her goal are challenged by so many people in the movie that they just end up falling flat. Yeah. Like she just, her motives just don't make sense. Period. <laughs> it so she brings up um one of the points that she brings up is the death of Vision again and the fact that she personally had to kill him. She had to kill the person the man that she loved um or the being that she loved, I guess. Uh just for it not to mean anything. Um and then continues on to it basically it's the the i can't have him but i can at least have my children that never fucking existed um <laughs> that's a whole other thing uh but i i i think i still felt hurt for her in the end overall um because it i i think yes was she doing everything wrong and for still wrong reasons even though to her they were right um you kind of have an understanding to her to a certain extent. Uh, one thing that kind of does get cemented in the fact that she is villain 100% is in the scene where you get the reveal of, oh, it's it's Wanda, it's the Scarlet Witch that has been chasing after uh, America. Um, yeah. You get her basically saying that the hex wasn't the hard part, it was the lying, which cements the fact that, oh, she doesn't really feel bad about what she did in Westview. Um, so yeah. it, it, because that was, you, up until that moment, I was like, there's a little bit of, she wasn't completely evil in that show. Oh no, wait, yes, she was. Um, yeah. But I, in the, in the end, yes, technically she makes the right decision after fucking having everything taken away from her multiple times. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, nothing was really... It's not real. You can't no. lose something that but you... That's the thing that makes it so shaky to me, is she knows, for a fact, 100%, she knows that her children were never real. Yeah. And this idea that, well, they could be real in some alternate universe is... Okay, sure, but they're still not your, your kids. kids. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that because that I do like that line at the end when she is finally confronting her children as herself, not as herself within their real mom's, their real Wanda's uh, body. Um, yeah, I I I enjoyed that it ends, or I, I like the fact that it ends with that. Was that that's eight one? No, that's eight three eight. I think so. What universe was that? Yeah. Um, a three eight Wanda's uh, basically saying know that they'll be loved, and I'm like, fuck, man, that that is a even with her being a villain, that's still like that emotional gut punch that worked worked for me. Right. I don't know if it worked for everybody, but I mean, I guess that's the thing. That's another big question mark in the air. Is we even though they kind of do this thing where they are closing off the multiverse and stuff like that, um, at least there's another Wanda out there somewhere because Wanda question mark again dies at the end of this movie she didn't know so, um, here okay two things we've i've talked about this rule before um yes. this rule had became solidified when it came to game of thrones um if you don't die on screen you don't they're not dead i don't count you as dead unless you see the dead body occur um mm-hmm. you don't see her die you yes sure the collapsing of the building happens where she was you don't see the body also there's a flash of red what was that flash of red that flash of red was her getting the fuck out probably also (laughs) she's survived a lot worse than that so (laughs) yeah it was a combination of her getting the fuck out and also destroying the dark hold across the entire multiverse uh which is interesting um they even do they kind of do a little nod to the audience with wong in this movie because it is the if you don't see it happen on screen it didn't happen thing where Wong, yeah. gets, Wong gets muted off a cliff and he's quote unquote presumed dead. But when you see it happen, you're also like, he's no. not dead. No. <laughs> you can't, you can't kill Wong. Wong is everybody's favorite. Nobody hates Wong. And if you hate Wong, you're wrong. <laughs> anyway, I mean, at least I will say this about Wong. Wong, we know he gets the title of Sorcerer Supreme in No Way Home. And he gets um, that, that president briefing about the aliens. Yes. In the secret and <laughs> Then we actually get to see Wong kind of live up to that title. Um, in this movie, he is a badass in his own right. He can fight. He's not just comedic relief for Doctor Strange. Um, he's a capable warrior in his own right who studied, you know, these mystic arts of Kamertage his entire life and really deserves his position, honestly. Yeah. He's not somebody with talent like Strange is. He's somebody who came by his gifts, honestly. Um and when he's in Comertage, we get to see him respected by the people around him. He summons these other sorcerers from sanctums around the world, and they all bow to him, and he kind of makes a joke about how it's tradition to do so. <laughs> and Strange, of course, doesn't do it. So, Not until uh, the end. No, not until the end. But it's it's good to see more characters get more development throughout this film. Even with America being a brand new character, we do get a full arc through her in the film and it's kind of a tropey arc it's learning to use your powers learning to control your powers yeah i will say kim kim has um a singular issue that that has been brought up in multiple movies um i don't know hold on let me see if we want to come over here kim oh i gotta talk about it kim has been summoned so get it taco about it taco about it Hi. 
Hello. Hey, what's up? What am I talking about? You're talking about your 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 regular issue that you have. Uh, oh yeah, that men shouldn't tell females how to be powerful. <laughs> but I have two theories. Well, not a theory so much. One's a theory, one's not. So the first thing is, um, it's a fucking zombie <laughs> telling her, <laughs> and like it's hilarious, and like half his face is missing, and like. Yeah, so that kind of just makes it, like, a play on the trope, and I, I like that about it. But the other thing is, when Steven gets back to his, um, self out of the zombie and, like, sees Christine and helps her up and says, you were right, it could either be you were right or you all right, but I hear you were right. Um, so in my mind, Christine gave him all the plays and he just did it so that's what i choose to accept okay i can dig that yeah <laughs> it's a trip that we we have noticed in a lot of things and obviously. i fucking hate but i think that they played on it well enough to kind of separate themselves from it in a way mm. right yeah yeah don't okay worry. bye don't worry nate's not saying anything bad Oh, how how did you feel about the movie in general? Yeah. Out of five stars. Two thumbs up. Out of, out of five stars. Out of ten out of ten. Ten out rice. of ten? <laughs> ten out, oh, with rice. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I love you. Ten with rice. Okay, bye. bye. I think, yes, I think Kim, Kim does touch on a good point there. I believe the way that they tried to portray it was sort of as a almost father-daughter relationship, a mm-hmm. mentor-mentee relationship. But again, it is that, you know, a man is telling a woman how to access the full breadth of her power. You're powerful. You got this. Um, that being said, I think it is interesting that she becomes a student at Comertage at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Because at least of my knowledge of her character, she doesn't have um, magic abilities. Uh, she is super, she does have super strength. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, they kind of play that up with her using her ability as that to have that strength um i don't know if they'll do that because uh, you know we it's with mcu we've known that they fuck with power sets and just change powers a little bit to fit however they want it to um yeah. and it works sometimes sometimes not uh we're, hey we're about to get see the biggest change when it comes to power sets next month um with miss marvel but for now, I, I absolutely loved what they did with her character. I loved um, the use of the star portals uh, and just star the star shapes in general. I had somebody I was watching something where they were complaining they they didn't like that the star was too perfect. I'm like, it wasn't though, and that's what I liked about it because in the comic it it straight up is boom star perfect shape star. In this, it has those. It's still star shape, but it has that rough edges. It has the cracks around it. Um, yeah. And well, I, it kind of gives I, off that vibe that it is one an uncontrolled power and two literally like breaking physics every time she opens one of these things yeah. i heard you but so, i don't know if it was heard on the the mic you can repeat it. what it say it again it gets better as she realizes her powers like the shape of it did you hear that Nate? no okay all right i'll say it then it gets better as she she gets better with her okay. powers like the shape 
Yes. Starts off super rough, gets a little bit crisper. Crisper. Um, I will say probably sort of the biggest piece, everyone knows what the biggest, if you've seen it, you know what this is. The biggest piece of fan service in the film is... The Illuminati. So, it's funny, my friend James actually reminded me, he tweeted years and years and years ago, after watching a series on um, Amazon Prime, that has, it's a Tom Clancy series that has John Grasinski in it. Mm -hmm. And he tweeted at the time about how John Krasinski needs to play Mr. Fantastic. Um, I don't think everyone agreed with that per se, but I still don't agree he, with it. When 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 he when he says he, he called it, he comes by it legitimately at this point. Yeah. So but we got uh, we got John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. We got to see the return of Baron Mordo. Um Hey 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 we got Say the full name. Baron Carl Mordo. Baron Carl Mordo, yes. <laughs> Wait, your name is Carl? <laughs> yes, uh, we got Baron Carl Mordo. We got Ansem... Ba ba uh, Ansem... Fuck. It's a B. I just forgot his last name. Um, but the TV version of Inhumans, uh, Black Bolt, a.k.a. Black Agar Boltigan. Yes. So um, we got Black Bolt. We got uh, Mount. I forget the actress's Mount. Name. That's his name. Yes, I forget the actress's name, but the woman who played Monica Rambo as Captain Marvel this time around. Yep. Uh, and Haley Atwell back uh, as a live action, not just a what if animated um, Captain oh. Carter. Captain Carter, and of course, the one thing that everyone was clamoring for because they heard the voice in the trailers, Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. In um, the floating yellow, yes, in the yellow wheelchair thing. from yeah. the animated X Men TV series. Yeah. Um, that being said, the tragic part of this is <sighs> they're not going to be in the rest of the MCU. It was a different. <laughs> it was a different universe. It's okay. Um, they all die. They they get raffle stopped so hard by Wanda. It's nuts. It's almost like they just don't pose a threat to her. That yeah. being said, the way it's shot and what it happens immediately, a lot of the scenes that happen immediately after that, cement Scarlet Witch as a straight-up horror movie villain. Oh, 100%. Uh, um, the jump scare of um, when she kills uh, Xavier. I love that. Yeah. I love that shot so much. Um, I, I love that shot. The way in which she kills Black Bolt is inventive. Uh... And also brutal. <laughs> um, that may be the most brutal on-screen death in the Marvel universe so far. Probably the other one that's sort of like a back at you thing, where she's using that person's powers against them, is throwing the shield through Captain Carter. <laughs> yep. Uh, we don't get to see go through. We don't get to see it go through. We get to see her right. face reaction, and then the blood dripping off of it when it sticks oh, into yeah. the wall behind her. Um, is. She... As ironic as to say, there is very little blood in this movie, but it's more blood than you see in every other Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, she Twizzler pull and peels uh, yeah. Mr. Fantastic. Turns that man into fucking string cheese. like yeah. um, With a nice little pop. I love the pop at the end, too. Yes. Um, and then fucking sucks out Captain Marvel's powers to then just drop a statue on her. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, and also destroying multiple Ultron bots just on the way. Yeah. Um, 
God damn. The, so, and it's, it's entertaining because the only remaining member, uh, the only remaining member of the Illuminati is uh, Mordo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which so probably not the get... greatest thing for that universe. Probably not, but maybe we actually get the villain that Baron Mordo is supposed to be. <laughs> and that, I will say that, that is a weird, not throwaway, but it doesn't seem as built up. Uh, it is it is something that is more of a, that we, they tell us about it. We don't get to see the fact that Mordo in the main Marvel Cinematic Universe, the main MCU universe, um, yeah. has been trying to, he, he's basically trying to take out all the all the the magic users with yeah. the goal of killing strange in the end but we haven't seen that we thought maybe in the second movie we would get that because that was very much mm -hmm. the the ending of that first movie um but i hope we do get back around to that eventually um, i hope we do too because it's it's a thread that's left off from the first doctor strange that is just never brought up again yeah you uh, would figure with all the crap Strange has been through at this point, Mordo would have shown up at some point. Especially, I think it's the worst part is now, is Mordo even a threat to him? Unless Mordo, and, oh, I was about to say, unless Mordo unlocks powers through the Darkhold or something, yes. but no, he can't well, even do that. Here's what we do know, is, so we get 838 Strange using the Darkhold to defeat Thanos in that universe, and because of that, he's corrupted by it, and the Illuminati feels they have no choice but to take him out, so they use Black Bolt to basically vaporize him. Yeah, that that was um, uh, a scene that was very nice in Dolby with uh, some vibrating chairs. Um, <laughs> I that one hit a little bit. I, I enjoyed the fact that it was he was killed with an "I'm sorry." Mm -hmm. So we have that. Um, they sort of cover this up, of course, in that universe by lauding him as a hero who sacrificed himself, defeating Thanos. You notice shit. something about the 838 Strange is that he does have the third eye on his forehead. And then we have an evil, quote-unquote, evil Strange sinister. later on. I think, we, we, I think he's dubbed Sinister in general. Sinister Strange later, who also has the third eye thing going on because he's using the Darkhold. And then just jumping right to basically the last scene in the movie, without end credits included, yeah. is... Doctor Strange is apparently corrupted by the Dark Hold and pops that third eye as well. And so it, it happens when you hop into your you you uh, go dreamwalking in a corpse. Yeah, I would think at this point if that third eye is somehow relevant to his powers in upcoming movies, mm -hmm. then yeah, Mordo has his work cut out for him. Yeah. getting to that power level. Um, we don't have scouters in the Marvel universe, so we don't know where he's at. <laughs> it's definitely over nine thousand. <laughs> The but, scouter actually uh, explodes if you try and read him. <laughs> yeah. um, that being said, I just let's jump back to America Chavez again because we kind of glossed over that a bit. Yeah, her her story arc in the movie is kind of amazing. It's a little rushed, but that's the pacing of the movie in general. Again, it's a two um, hour long movie. It is a short, yeah. quote unquote, short Marvel movie. But we do understand things about her powers and stuff like that. But what's really interesting is her quote-unquote origin and the first time she used her powers. One, of course, you get a cutesy little representation moment in that. She's got two moms. But she believes kind of in her heart of hearts at that point that she has basically murdered her two, mo her two yeah. moms. Strange um, tries his best to, to comfort her and let her know that 
you don't know that you didn't yeah. kill them you don't know that they could be out there just like you yes and i think her ongoing arc in the mcu is of course possibly rediscovering them if they want to do a happy ending kind of thing but also just dealing with that trauma of believing that and learning how to move past that um and who knows maybe her time in Comertage will help her but she's also one of the only people in the marvel universe who can just freely travel between multiverses so she is as far as i know the only one that can actually travel the multiverse um because yeah. we talk about loki loki technically doesn't travel the multiverse it's confusing because technically the multiverse didn't exist until the end of loki which then meant the multiverse always exists because time has no meaning uh <laughs> we're at the point where you know magic is a thing in the mcu and basically anyone can learn it so <laughs> some people yeah. are talented in it other people you know practice it speaking of which um, uh i because that made me think sorry i had my i have to explain my thought process people can be talented in magic like ned in spider-man um who was able to use a sling ring no training whatsoever uh i love the fact that in this movie both of them both both wong and strange refer to the sling ring as a slingy as a sling i love that for some reason <laughs> well it shows that the thing that i love about the mcu is they've gotten to a point where no character takes themselves too seriously yeah no character is haughty and holier than thou and above everything else happening in the world if you are just, you're probably a villain <laughs> yes they're just people who happen to have powers and have decided to charge themselves with using those powers to protect the rest of the world basically yeah. and so those cutesy little moments where we get the nickname slingies shows that these are guys who don't take it too seriously like you would think a sling ring as much as it's used sort of as a common magic item, but it's also this extremely powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Like, has the ability to teleport you practically anywhere you want to go on the planet. <laughs> but they use it so much that they've decided, hey, we're just going to call them slingies from now on. <laughs> it's fantastic. And that's wonderful. And that, so... I... That, those two, that that is one of the best relationships in the... And we've had so little time with them, and the fact that it has been two movies and um a couple of scenes throughout other avengers movies that 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 relationship is so entertaining to me oh yes well benedict and benedict benedict squared could probably just carry their own buddy cop movie at this point <laughs> uh, i forgot that his name is benedict <laughs> they could uh carry they could definitely carry like a buddy cop Doctor Strange film in the future if they decide to do that. Now, I, I will ask, what did you feel about the the? It's not really a romance subplot, but but the the tackling of um, Strange and Christine's relationship in this series in this movie. I feel like I don't know. Some parts of it are very awkward, but it finally does get to that point where at least strange realizes Christine can no longer be a part of your life at this point. <laughs> like you invest so much of your happiness and self-worth in her past the point of reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I think with this meeting of 
an alternate version of Christine that shows what she could have become if he let her be her own person. And realizing that she, in all universes, is better off for it. Because we get two universes where she existed and was basically, in one universe, erased from existence by a Doctor Strange. And in another universe, held back by him so much, his own universe held back by him, that he just gets to a point where he realizes, I've got to let you go. This is not healthy for me. This is not helping me in any way. It's time to move on and find a way to be better off without you. It is interesting for because that is one of those cases where the viewer knows more than doctor than the character himself because we have the one the what if where we got to see strange making that decision to do whatever he could possibly do to get her back uh, obviously in that in that version in both of those versions of strange it's christine dying instead of him being disfigured mm-hmm. and all that um but it really shows how important she is no matter what universe. And then for us to then have this multiverse event where it's, hey, you get to see she is important to you no matter what. You are in love with him no matter what, but you can never have her uh, mm-hmm. for good reason, for because of yourself. Um, yes. So fucking move on and be happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let yourselves be happy. <laughs> well... I think just wrapping up here and touching on a few more things, I think we kind of have to talk about end credits when it comes to this movie because it is finally, we don't get a trailer for something upcoming. We get one true end credit scene in this, mm-hmm. which in which basically something that appears to be an Eternal so, approaches Doctor Strange. I, I was going to say, I actually updated that on when you wrote it in. I don't know if you saw it. Um, her name is Clea. Uh, in the comics, she is, uh, I believe, the niece of Dormammu. Um, oh, that, that explains what happens later. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that is very, very much, hey, we're going into the dark. I mean, she opens up a portal to the dark dimension. Um, yeah. Which, if you've seen the first movie, you just remember the art style of the first movie. That is very obviously the dark dimension. Um, yep. So who knows what's going to happen moving forward? We don't know how fucking long it is going to be since it was, I think I looked it up, it was like eight years since the last Doctor Strange movie. Um, mm-hmm. We might get another season of, of Sherlock before that instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's interesting to see where this could be going. Cause, so in the comics, Clea at one point, I believe, is also married, or at least in a romantic relationship with Strange. Uh, at one point, I think currently she might actually be the Sorcerer Supreme um, mm. in the current run, uh, which again, it's one of those weird things where people kind of assume she was going to come back because of how much she's been in the comics recently. Um, so you, mm-hmm. you as somebody that is now reading more comics, I think you might start to notice that uh, there are certain things that will be played up more in the comic series because of plans of bringing them into or using them more in the in the movies um gotcha so i'm I'm interested to see where we'll eventually see this happen again (laughs) yeah i'm interested to see it i'm interested to see how the dark dimension even ties in to possibly the next doctor strange film because it's a place we haven't seen since the first one yeah um 
And is he going to come to bargain again? Yeah. Um, the second end credit scene was another Marvel jokey joke. <laughs> um, but also a tribute to a great actor in his own right. Um, so we have this scene that happens actually early on in the movie where America Chavez gets some food in one of the alternate universes they travel to. And she makes this sort of quip about how food is free in most universes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she has these pizza balls, a little bowl God, thing. I want them. They look so fucking delicious. <laughs> but she gets them from a vendor called the Pizza Papa. And he's actually angry that she didn't pay. <laughs> What's he and, saying? Nobody steals from Pizza Papa? Yes. Um, he says something like, Pizza Papa always gets paid. Yeah, yeah. Pizza Papa always gets paid. <laughs> um, played by Bruce Campbell. Um, played by Bruce Campbell. Basically, uh, <laughs> basically Sam Raimi's like best friend. Um, yes, and a tribute to, of course, Evil Dead. <laughs> but um, Strange basically has the scene where he's like, "All right, we don't have time for this shit," and cast more or less a hex on him that keeps making him punch and slap himself over and over again <laughs> for like what was it two weeks or something like that yes chavez asked him how long is that gonna last like a few hours and he's like about three weeks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last end credit scene we get is him doing it and wearing himself out to the point it finally stops and he's so thrilled about it but we also get this amazing fourth wall break where he's talking directly to the audience when it stops <laughs> he says it's over um, yes. Yeah, and that is uh, the third directly at camera look we get too in the movie. Um, the mm -hmm. first one is is with Wanda. Um, the second one is is more of something you miss, and I'm not sure if it was done on purpose or just left in because why the fuck not? Uh, when Xavier is in the in Wanda's mindscape to try and save that, mm -hmm. bring that universe's Wanda back into consciousness, um, he stares directly at camera too. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy. Sometimes I just like the funny endings, like the um, homecoming at the end of homecoming, where it's or no, it's not homecoming. It's uh, far from home. Um, far from home. Because yes. it's it's the, it's the like, Captain America PSA. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. Those those are some of the funny, the best ones, and I love that because they know we're going to be there. They they know that they can have us in those seats up until the end. How people still walk out before the mid credit scene sometimes. I'm like, come on, we're we're twenty, almost thirty movies in. Come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know. The thing that we have made a habit of is every time we go to see a Marvel movie, we look up. You know, is there an end credit scene, and how many of them are there going to be? I highly recommend. Um, let me make sure that I get the name of it right. Uh, it's called AfterCredits.com. Uh, they they always have. If there are things after credits, how many are there, when they are, if it's mid-credit, post-credit, super post-credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, normally what we get as a mid-credit scene is, of course, you get the... I don't know what they're called in the industry. I have to look up the term, but they're sort of the premiere credits. They're the... This movie is starring yeah, such and such, a production, ones, yeah. a you know producer's name production, Marvel film, done. And then a title card at the end. And then you get the mid-credits rolls, and after that... You get the full credits and then the very last end credit scene. <laughs> so that's usually how they're lined up. And again, I don't think Marvel has missed with these mid and end credit scenes at all. Yeah, um, I, the some closest people did complain about the Doctor Strange trailer scene, but 
that's what it is. That is what it is. So, and that's an interesting one, just because obviously that's Sony. That's Sony leading mm -hmm. into, and we haven't had one of those since. Uh, fuck, was it leading into Civil War? I don't remember. It was it. There have been random ones, and it's weird that they've done. Oh, uh, Avengers. Um, yeah, because Captain America ends at a point. Captain America first Avenger ends with a scene that happens in um, Avengers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, overall, I guess just one last thing to touch on before we wrap here is again the movie is directed by Sam Raimi and his influence comes through this movie hard. Mm -hmm. um, there are scenes that you will watch in this movie where when people started telling me without spoiling anything of course people started telling me this is a horror movie um i didn't know what to expect going in mm -hmm. marvel had never done like true sort of gimmicky horror before and in this one it's got pretty much all of sam raimi's favorites to do on film <laughs> um it works for me. it worked 100 percent for me it does work i think one of my best scenes is we get this we get wanda doing the dream walking into the alternate universe of wanda's body who, by the way, she's basically crippled this woman at this point. Yeah. Um, I like but... to think when she does leave the body, that version yeah. Wanda immediately like heal and fly away. Yes. <laughs> but she, uh, they are running through a tunnel because they're trying to get to what's called oh. a gate, which is basically a gate um, to get to the Book of Ashanti. Um, and so Strange and Chavez and Christine are running through this tunnel underwater and you have this horror style, very rapidly cut chase scene of Wanda, who's completely blacked out with everything except for her eyes most of the time, like run walking towards them. Yeah. Almost in that jittery sort of creepy, like a weird ghost is chasing you kind of thing. And it is, I don't get scared by horror movies, but if I think of me in that situation, if I'm Chavez or Stranger Christine in that situation, I am shitting myself the entire yeah. time. <laughs> that is a, a terrifying walk. Yes. Um, and then you get another classic horror trope where she's coming out of the mirror dimension and her body's all twisted up until she recontorts herself. I love that. And that, that whole scene where she reaches into the mirror is, is straight out of uh, the Evil Dead movies too. Because um, yeah. that's in the process of the house going fucking crazy with the demons, uh, Ash does reach. He has that moment where he reaches into the mirror. Doesn't go all the way in, but he's like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and speaking, I was gonna say because I remember you were talking about like specific scenes. I am, am in no way going to end this before bringing up which, in my opinion, I don't fucking care what anybody else says. My opinion, my favorite Marvel fight ever and will forever be my favorite Marvel fight, is that goddamn music fight. What the fuck? That was incredible. <laughs> it makes no sense if you don't, like, think about the fact that Doctor Strange likes music, I guess. You kind of yeah. get a little bit in the first movie. Again, it's been a while. I don't know if they really focus on it beyond that. But just that entire fight scene, to me, is incredible. Uh, it's... It's incredible in its inventiveness. It makes a little less sense in the fact that you kind of know what his powers are at this point yeah. and what he did to Thanos for most of Infinity War. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but it's, it's an inventive scene. It's something that I feel like someone put on a storyboard and someone walked up, the producer, Kevin Foggy, basically walked up and said, yep, that's yeah. the one we're going to use. <laughs> uh, Kim even mentioned, um, I think, did they call it? What did they say? Oh, du- would you say dueling pianos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like dueling orchestras, really, because yeah. you hear these sort of big, bombastic, classical, orchestral things that you even recognize. Like, they're using recognizable music. Yeah, yes. And I think that's part of it, too, because I, while not always talking about me liking music, there are, there's, like, classical music shit that I really enjoy, and they use some of that, and I'm like, oh, I know these things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one of them is, is fucking, is it Flight of the Valkyrie? What is it? They do use a Flight of the Valkyrie. Anyway. Yeah. Kill the Wabbit. Um, yes, but it's, <laughs> it's both hilarious and amazing in the way that it's portrayed in the film because in in your logical head you're going this is absolutely ridiculous like they're throwing literal musical notes at one another and i will say we don't i guess we didn't bring it up at all i I don't even know if you put it in here um the score the first movie was done by michael giacchino or i can't remember how to say his last name Mm -hmm. um this one was done by danny elfman and I absolutely love the music in this movie. Uh, a p- part of it is obviously the music fight, incredible, whatever. Um, but the fact that when evil shit is happening, like out of nowhere or beginning, he throws in these guitar riffs and changes mm-hmm. completely from like the the orchestral kind of stuff into a more heavier like rock kind of shit, and I love that. Yeah. Um, cause I mean the, the final scene that we were talking about when he has the eye open up, he's just music playing him walking down the street and then you hear the guitar come in. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that shit. I, I think it was an entertaining score overall. It wasn't like the best score I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I mean, as somebody like, that has grown up loving Danny Elfman music, um, just yeah. in general, uh, well, it, it worked great for me. There are people who you really can't beat with the use of music in movies. I mean, James Gunn is fantastic at this. So. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this score, it was there when it was needed, so it wasn't distracting. And that's really something that I think is hard to master in filmmaking, is you either do a James Gunn thing where it's music all the way 100% of the time for every single scene, and it's used in a way that feels appropriate, or you understand where your talents are and you use them in the right places at the right times. (laughs) So a lot of this movie, if you're not paying attention to it, you realize is not scored at all. There are certain scenes where there's just no music playing period, (laughs) but it gives you time to focus on what's happening in the scene and to focus on the dialogue and interactions between characters. And so that's important as well. Um, I don't feel like a scene where meeting the Illuminati for the first time would be as impactful if that was over scored in any way. Yeah. I mean, you had to use again. We got mm-hmm. one the uh, the WandaVision music in there a little bit when we got introduced to Wanda in the movie, but bring in Xavier out to the fucking '90s X Men music. Yeah, that was that was a I mean, good that was good use. <laughs> that was brilliant. I I don't know. I'm all I can hope is that again they Marvel has always had a plan for their movies. And at least from what we've seen, every movie either pushes the entire universe forward in a way or pushes a specific character forward in a way. And 
luckily this movie does push strange forward. It pushes America forward. Um, but there is still that overarching implications for the rest of the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. We have a multiverse and now we have a person who can access the multiverse at will. So that is going to become a big part, I think, of future Marvel movies. And on top of that, like, obviously, with individual character direction and, and what that opens up to the the universe in general, um, this movie, I, we, I think we've mentioned just the fact that this is not in line with what we've gotten a lot from Marvel movies. And mm -hmm. the idea of us getting to explore beyond the cookie cutter Marvel. And I, that's the thing. I, I love the Marvel movies. I have always loved them. Probably will always love them. But yes, I understand that criticism of the, hey, it's it's the same movie with a, a different director. Just done a little bit different. They don't have full creative control. Obviously, the, the closest to that we get is more with... James Gunn a little bit, but mostly, in my opinion, Taika Waititi so far yeah. has had the most out of the norm for the MCU movies. And then we get this in the fact that hopefully this does incredibly well. And Kevin Feige is like, oh, we can keep the story centered around the vision, but allow mm -hmm. these people to do what they want. Um, so we can maybe eventually get back to a full on Edgar Wright Marvel movie. Um, yeah where they realize they don't have to keep it tight as tight to the normal formula as they normally want. Um, well, that's the thing that comes with just making movies as a commodity is you have a corporation who funds these movies, of course, and is looking to turn a profit. So at the end of the day, if they see something is becoming formulaic, but it works, they're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, whereas at the very least, I feel like, the things that Kevin Feige has done in producing these films and other producers who have come on and other directors who have come on have realized, have said to Disney, look what happens when we have room to experiment. Look what we can do when you give us that freedom. I mean, if we even go back to Taika Waititi, when he did Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is a Thor story, but it's a partial love letter to some of the best parts of World War Hulk. Um, or not even World War Hulk, Planet Hulk, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, Korg and Meek come straight out of Planet Hulk, and they are much more serious characters in that comic book. But Taika Waititi brings his humor, and even playing one of the characters, playing Korg, um, and that brings that levity that we love about the Marvel Universe. And yeah, so... I, yeah, think about it. If, if Korg was played more like his comic book self, I do not think he would have been as well-received. Oh, no. Uh, definitely not, because this... he's super fucking serial in the comic books yeah yeah um <laughs> and that that's so the the funny thing with that too is that there are characters that people will see in the show in the movies or the shows and be like oh i really like this person and then look into it's like oh no the comic is very different <laughs> yeah. i think at least uh, i'm glad again that they brought sam raimi in to do this for the most part um he does bring it, bring his own flavor to the Marvel universe and maybe has opened the doors doing some darker themed Marvel films in the future. Um, I think it's fine to go into a movie and be entertained and horrified at the same time. That is the basis of horror film. 
I like the blending of that with the traditional Marvel formula as well. So they tried it and it worked for this. It's not a total lack. Is it going to be a top grossing Marvel film? Probably not. I feel like Doctor Strange has kind of got the shit end of the stick on that. Hey, they but... already, they're at, let's see, hold on. I think I looked at it, they were at like 500 million worldwide, mm-hmm. maybe. Oh, sorry. 411 million worldwide. 411 million. Uh, with a box, remember, budget of 200 million. Yeah. So as so long it's... as they didn't spend too much on on uh, promotion. Oh, wait, never mind, it's Disney. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they didn't spend too much on promotion. They had figures in the molds months before the movie came out. Come on. <laughs> and then they had to change those molds because they had to change the movie multiple times before releasing it three years later. Um <laughs> No, so yeah, I guess we can step away from this saying that uh, we enjoyed it. One of us enjoyed it a lot more than the other. Um, I mean, hell, top ten. This is a top ten Marvel movie for me. I don't know. Do you have a list? Do you have a ongoing list for yourself? I won't say I have an ongoing list yet because there it's are... It's been a while and there are a lot of nuances to each Marvel film that I pay a lot of attention to that sort of make or break the movie for me. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a rewatch. I'm going to have to sit down and actually, honestly, seriously do a Marvel marathon to come up with a list for this. Kim has <laughs> done that. And I know they will never make a list of their favorite because. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Let's be honest. I mean, you've got two movies that are seriously over three hours of runtime to get through by themselves. Yeah. You've got several movies that are over two hours of runtime. And um, then you bring in the TV shows. Yeah, and then you've got a lot of movies in there that, honestly, just are, frankly, fucking boring to watch sometimes. Those are yeah. earlier Marvel films, but... Kim watched them, and I just... I skipped it. I feel like there are certain movies... Thor 1, Thor 2, I could probably skip over. Um, First Avenger, I could probably skip over, because I remember too much of that film. <laughs> um, but uh, Winter Soldier is definitely one to watch, and Winter Soldier is probably one that I would put, if not at the top of my list, like you did very close to the top of my list. <laughs> All right, so according um, to, this is a, a uh, Lifehacker article from four mm-hmm. days ago um, saying that, okay, so it includes all the way up to Multiverse of Madness and Moon Knight. How long does it take to binge watch all? Uh, that's about 93 hours, so three hour, three and a half days, three and a half whole days. Sorry, three whole days. A lot of movie yeah. That's a lot of movie watching to get through. <laughs> that, and that includes the TV shows. Oh, does it include What If? Yes, it does include What If. I mean, the longest thing that I've ever sat down and binge was the extended cuts. The extended cuts of every Lord of the Rings film. You're a loser. They are close <laughs> to four hours in runtime. Uh, <laughs> nope, I'll never. I can't make it through those movies anymore. And you I, have I love realized twenty five percent of those films is are establishing shots. It's a New Zealand tourist attraction, is what it is. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful, yes. beautiful trilogy that I don't care about. But so many establishing shots. <laughs> oh, what Aldi's selling a dual basket air fryer? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> All right. I well. Will... Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? You know what? Not in particular at this point. Um, All I can say to people who have listened to the podcast up to this point, who have maybe had the movie spoiled for them, 
one, we're sorry. Two, go watch it anyway. Three, we <laughs> told you. We told you ahead of yeah. time. <laughs> and three, yes, we told you so. But go watch it anyway. It is worth a watch, especially in theaters. Um, You know, Marvel movies are going to continue doing what they're doing. Have fun with them while they last, because we really don't know how long this train can keep, can keep running at this point. That's true, yeah. <laughs> it's... It is the rare case that it worked. It's worked so far. Because obviously DC, DC can't get it together. I know. And I will say this. The next Marvel film that's coming out, Thor Love and Thunder, I am so hyped for. Holy <laughs> so shit. fucking hyped for that movie. You know, maybe... I walked... Well, I walked into the movies and I saw just the poster for the movie. And that alone is excitement because I'm looking at the poster and I'm looking through the design of the poster and I'm thinking... This is something I want on my wall mm-hmm. now, today. Which version it, is it? Is it the one with um, Thor or the one with Thor? <laughs> it's the one with Thor, Chris Hemsworth Thor, okay. um, doing his sort of power stance with the jacket and everything on. Yeah. But what I look at is the title card choice for this movie. <laughs> it is the classic heavy metal title card. It is chrome. It is neon. It is sketched. It is everything I love about, like, 80s hair metal on a poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a variant of that same poster that has um, Jane's Thor. Well, I might even like that one better, because I also saw pictures of finally Natalie Porton as Mighty Thor. That is... Nah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say much more than that without getting in trouble. But yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I tweet. I think I can't remember if we talked about it after the first trailer um, on the last podcast. Uh, but I tweeted about the fact that like I had the biggest crush on her as, when she was Padme, and then she kind of just disappeared from my mind for years. And then mm-hmm. that trailer came out, and just the one shot, I'm like, oh, there's my Natalie Portman crush. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I'll, I'll I'll put it this way for the audience. You send me random TikToks sometimes of muscular women. So... <laughs> I know your type. Um... <laughs> she got fucking swole for this film. Man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's the... Sometimes you get a Marvel role, you don't need to do it. Other times you do. I feel like anyone who gets a Marvel role now, they're just immediate like, all right, you in the gym now. <laughs> that was a... Do you remember that whole being a whole thing with... um? Eternals and Kamal, Kamal yeah. did it, and then they were like, "You didn't, you didn't need to do that for your role." <laughs> Kamal was like, "Fuck it, did like, it anyway." Okay. Um, He's like, "I'm playing a superhero. How can I not be buff?" <laughs> that's what I need to do. I just need to get cast in a in a Marvel movie. I'll be forced to do it, and I'm then I'll be like, if, "All right, I'm done." <laughs> if they could transform Chris Pratt from his doughboy, hating, terrible human being ass into this chiseled, still terrible person. Yeah, I was about to say, um, still hating. Uh, <laughs> um, they can do it with anybody. That being said, Chris Pratt has had several relapses and has had to get fit for every movie he's been in for Marvel. So, I, yeah, I mean, it, some people I think keep it straight through, and others don't. I mean, you, you, we're about to get fucking uh, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, and that man is known for his. His physique his fluctuations, body transformations. I mean, the guy didn't he do literally the machinist between people? 
between yeah. Batman movies? Yeah. Between Batman films. You're talking about a guy who went from as buff as he could possibly be, <sighs> act as much muscle onto his frame as he could, to being completely emaciated for another film, and then going back to the superhuman physique yeah. again. <laughs> All right, we've talked too long. This is this is yes. probably on record one of our longest podcasts. Um, we, moving forward, we're going to try and keep them shorter. I promise. We are. I promise. We're working on the organization, and we've gotten things, we've gotten things sorted at least. Yeah. Now we just need to cut time. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. We <laughs> we both like talking too much. Yes. That being said. Um, I'm going to get back into streaming this week. I know I didn't do anything last week, but that's because I was doing a lot of things personally last week. But back to streaming this week. You will see more streams show up this week on our Twitch channel, so go there and check them out. Um, Where's one that? Of them oh, that's right. Be... Twitch.tv slash space time taco. Yes. I'll make that one um, I won't. Like I've been promising, finally PS2 streams will be coming this week. For sure. Ooh, <laughs> what game? So, do you know yet? Um. Spyro. Maybe some Eve of Extinction since I talked about that on the yeah. last episode. But that game is for a niche audience. I think I'm going to play something a little bit more popular. because you were going to say it's doo but... No, they did a sort of remaster of the original Onimusha for Xbox. Yeah! I have the original. all copies of the original Onimusha on PS2. So I have 1, 2, 3, and Dawn of War. Um, so I'll probably be playing through Onimusha 1 and people can kind of get an idea of where inspirations for Souls games came from because that is one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably do some. Um, I don't think we have any... Uh, I know that tomorrow there is... Um, let me double check that it is tomorrow. Um, there is a... Well, come on, Twitter. Don't be a piece of shit. Uh, I believe there is a gotham knights event um we're getting a little bit more information not so much a, a live stream that i'm going to be covering uh but there is one uh tomorrow covering more information yeah it's uh tomorrow at 9 a.m eastern um there's a new new gameplay yeah, gameplay trailer that's going to be shown off um that is one of those games that i'm excited for but again we'll go into that in more detail when we get more information on it uh but anyway Thank you, as always, for joining us for another episode of Space Time Taco. Talco. My mouth doesn't work. Um, <laughs> if you like what you hear, follow us on all the social media. Just search Space Time Taco. Find me everywhere as Time Lord Burrito. I almost said Space Time Burrito. <laughs> uh, hey, if, if, Doctor, if uh, BBC and Doctor Whoever come after me, I might have to change it to Space Time Burrito. Who fucking knows? Um, you can find that guy everywhere. At a little teapot. Yeah. And by everywhere, I mean like two places. <laughs> I'm trying to get him on TikTok. I'm trying to get him on Instagram. Uh, mostly because it's easier to send him things without having to send it through messengers. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Follow us. Like us. Subscribe us. Rate us five stars. In the comments, I said it earlier. Let us know you listened to the episode. If you made it through all... Oh, you know what? If you made it all the way to here... Um, Put if you made in the it comments. all the way to this point, put it in the comments, and I will gift you a sub to our channel. Oh, I was going to say, you, you have to be specific. Put in the comments, hashtag Natalie's Arms. There you go. <laughs> if you put, if you just write hashtag Natalie's Arms, I don't care if you listen to a second of the podcast, I'll give you a sub. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, go inside and play video games. <laughs>